Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So the other night while we were live, I guess, Gavin McInnes doing his show. He's the founder of the Proud Boys and uh, uh, he runs Censored.TV for those unfamiliar. He's doing his show and then he stands up and it's like he's talking to someone. And then he says he'll get a lawyer and schedule something. And then he leaves. And then his show is just dead air for 30 minutes. And the rumor going around is that he was arrested. However, many people on the left are claiming it was a prank or a publicity stunt. Some are even claiming that behind the scenes, he's in a private chat room with other Proud Boys and he's currently talking. However, an associate of, uh, of his and from Censored TV is saying that he is in jail right now. It's hard to know what to make of this because um, I, 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 you know, when I see this, him being inter- interrupted uh, during the live show, a lot of people are like, what are the chances that happens? And it's like, we've been interrupted several times with the police coming here because we were swatted. And there are a lot of people claiming that we were faking it and we weren't. We had like, you actually can see the police walk in the room the first time it happened. And I think the, not the last time, because um, to be honest, when it's happened following that, we haven't said anything. We have armed guards, you know, and, and other security that I'm not going to mention. And they will, you know, intercept any, let's just say, security issues. So we just don't say anything about it. And, um, you know, obviously. But uh, uh, there was, you know, I think a month ago, we had the cops sweep the room. It was a wide shot. So when I see this story, I'm like, I don't know, man, maybe maybe he got arrested. But maybe it's not related to anything crazy. Like, if he did, maybe it's because he, like, I don't know, stole a newspaper or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Or he, like, got into a civil dispute. Now they're arguing. I have no idea. But... Uh, story is certainly going wild. So if it is a stunt, it is a brilliant one and it's working, I guess. But I'm not going to start off by assuming that someone would ditch their own show to do something like this. Don't know for sure. On top of that, though, we have new information coming out from the Trump raid. And uh, I, I look, it's my opinion, but I think right now it is it is definitively FBI corruption. The affidavit, mostly redacted, basically said that Donald Trump cooperated by turning over 15 boxes. And within those boxes was classified materials. Therefore, they, have, they, they said, we now have reason to believe he's probably got more, so we should get to search his, his home. Then they went in and took 11 documents or 11 packets or something. And Cash Patel said that those were Russiagate documents. Could it be that right before midterm, they were scared that Trump would release Crossfire Hurricane Russiagate evidence that made the government look bad? So they needed a way to justify going to his house and taking the copies or at least trying to find out what he has. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I don't, I don't want to get too conspiratorial. What I do know is it sounds like from this affidavit, if Trump did not cooperate with the feds, they would not have had means or, or grounds to actually go into his home. So it's very, very crazy. We're going to get to that and uh, and a whole lot more. Governor Hochul in New York said Republicans are not New Yorkers. Or what, did, what did she say? Something like that? Like She told it, him to go back to Florida. Is that what she said? Yeah. Wow. wow. We can talk all about it. I guess we'll they will. We'll talk all about that. But ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> tonight's show is sponsored by Timcast Records. Whoa. Head over to TimCastRecords.com or you'll see in the in the description below is a link to Bandcamp. Um, we also are selling this new song, Only Ever Wanted, our first single from Timcast Records on Apple Music. And a lot of people were like, I ain't going to buy off Apple. And it's like, okay, Bandcamp, you know, they're all right. Here's the thing. We have one week. 
we have we have very little time to maximize the amount of of, of purchases of the song in order to actually uh, chart and have an impact. And we're uh, the whole point of this is we want to invade the cultural spaces of the establishment. So here's what I'm going to say to all y'all: at midnight, well, actually 12:01 a.m. this morning, we launched the song "Only Ever Wanted" official video. You can see it right here. Uh, let me show you. Boop, there it is. We right now have like 450,000 hits on this song in, what are we looking at, like 20 hours, I think it's been? Yeah. In, in less than one day. And that's just on YouTube. So on other platforms, there's also, it's like, I think maybe like 80 to 100K on Instagram, which doesn't really count towards anything. And uh, so all in all, I would already say huge success for our like initial launch of a song that we wrote. And we've got many more coming. We're going to be signing more bands. Just like The Daily Wire is doing movies. You know, we're doing something similar. We had Pete Parada. He was, he was a drummer from The Offspring and a whole bunch of other bands like Face to Face. And they fired him because he could not get the vaccine. So it is an honor and a privilege to have worked with him on this song. And that's what we're going to do. We are going to take the hill that they have abandoned. If you want to support us and you want to send a message, you want to help us continually take this space, the link in the description, in the description below, 69 cents to buy the song. It's all costs. And uh, you don't need that many to have an impact to get on the charts. So if you guys go down there and just buy that song, put it in your libraries. It's also on Amazon Music and stuff. It would be uh, a dream come true. It'd be tremendous. And uh, hopefully we, we can generate enough from this to keep making more music. And then if there are other people who are scared, you know, here, here's what I'm, here's, I want to tell you what I'm talking about. People in the music industry who are like, I agree with all of this stuff. Oh, I voted for Donald Trump. But if I tell anybody, I'll get, I'll get fired. I want there to be, within a few years, a space, a parallel cultural economy where people can be like, bro, if you fire me, I'm going to go work for this other company. Daily, Daily Wire, I'm sorry, yeah, Daily Wire. They're already doing it. <laughs> they hired a Disney executive. Yeah. We need more of this. So, um, you know, I'll say outright, I wish, you know, anybody else could be doing this kind of stuff too. There's many people who are doing it. All I know is I'm going to do everything I can. And with your support, we'll do more. So that being said, links in the description below. Joining us. Oh, oh, oh. And don't forget, TimCast.com, of course. Oh, yeah, we have a site be, too. Be, being a member at TimCast.com yeah. is what's making all this possible. That's like the main engine for us to make all these shows. And you can see here that we've got Cast Castle Vlog, which is comedy. We're going to be making, we're, we're turning into a sitcom, Tales from the Inverted World, True Crime, Pop Culture Crisis, Pop Culture Commentary, Chicken City, Family Friendly, you know, just chicken stuff. We are trying, chicken stuff. We're trying to build the cultural space and expand it, and we are building more and more and more. And what's happening is once we get a project established and, and the gears start turning, we move on to the next one, and we just keep planting more seeds whose trees, whose shade, we know we will never sit beneath. That's, that's the whole goal. So come a member at TimCast.com, support our work. Joining us to talk about all of this uh, crazy stuff and probably a lot of cultural stuff is G Prime 85 Thank you again for the, the invite. The horror. Go, oh. go ahead. <laughs> Am I allowed to introduce myself? In the no. Way? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I will say then simply I am the wandering cartoonist who serves no master. That's right. I am Reddit's favorite martial arts expert. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> and I am in fact. Grappling. It's called. Turbo grappling. I have a list here I can't Turbo say. Grappling. Yet. And I'm the only one you guys ever wanted. Oh, oh my! That's right. Oh, we have, we have, we have, uh, we got a couple of George's. Uh, it's George's uh, awesome comics. My favorite is the Joe Biden electrocuting people with force lightning. It's, mm -hmm. it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. We are also joined by Hannah, Hannah Claire Brimelow. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimelow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. 
Hi, everyone. <laughs> that was easy. Hi, Hannah Claire. <laughs> Talk uh, about other stuff if you guys want. Hey, George, what's your website? I, I'll mention it again at the end, I think. But well, I think the best way uh, is just GPrime85 on Twitter and Instagram, and I have all my links on there. Oh, yeah. And Timcast Records will be releasing GPrime's first rap song. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, look at that beard. <laughs> I'm announcing this without actually con- without consulting with George at all. <laughs> and if you guys want, I'm trying to convince him to play uh, "Only Ever Wanted" on the show tonight. I don't know if it's going to happen. No, or not. maybe we'll play out the show. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll play some songs. We can ask Carter to come. Hang oh, not out. live. I mean, if can we roll the video at the end of the song and just let it roll us out? As I we don't all, have the, I don't have the file. Don't have the capacity. Oh, I could play it on YouTube. Play the though. YouTube video. Yeah, we could. Little, we could buy the MP3. A little taste yeah. of freedom. We could buy our own MP3. For, for how much? What a great sixty-nine. Since I heard, nice. It's it's Elon Musk. You know, he's a big fan of that number, and That's so right. no, you're you're given three options to sell songs for one twenty nine ninety nine and sixty nine cents, and so there the the strategy is basically if you have a diehard fan base, they sell it for one twenty nine because they know it'll sell no matter what, and then if you're looking for just maximum sales, you sell it for the lower amount. So we're not we're not looking for. I'm, I'm not trying to make a million dollars off this song. I'm trying to have an impact inspire young people and set, set the space. I'll tell you guys this right now. Going through all the Billboard numbers, it's actually really funny. When you look at the Billboard Hot 100, the most popular songs in the country, it's all like, you know, R&B, hip hop, you know, WAP, you know what I mean? Was it WAP, the thing Ben Shapiro ben yeah. rapped? The reason that is is because people listen to that, that, that stuff. But if every fan of like metal or alternative actually bought the songs then the Hot 100 would always be alternative rock. Yeah, a coordinated uh, marketplace. When the when the demand can coordinate, you can kind of control production in a sense. I'll just I'll just put it this way: like, I I, I won't say too much, but it does not take that many people to buy a song to get you in the top charts. The issue is no one does. Mm. So the reason, so like, I'll, just, I'll, I'll say this: if we, we saw um, John Rich. He hit number one on iTunes, I think, for like 12 days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he did great. With Progress, a country song ragging on woke people yep. because his fans actually bought it. That's what that's what I'm talking about. So even if it's not like our, this song's totally not political, we need y'all to just support your favorite artists. And then all of a sudden we'll start displacing the top charts. And then if you do that, those record labels are going to be like, hey, guys, this makes more money. This sells better. And shout out to Shane and Nancy Cashman, the actors in the video. If you guys haven't seen Only Ever Wanted, the music video, you got to go to it and watch it tonight at some point. And um, they look great. Their eyes, man, there's just so much emotion in the eyes. I'm really, really happy with Kent Wellings editing and shooting of the video, too. It's fantastic. There was a comment. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 website for details. Viva Fry posted the promo, and then someone responded to him saying, Cringe. I'm surprised the glass from the car crash didn't form angel wings behind her in the end. And then <laughs> yeah, I, res- I responded idea. with, whoa, that's a good idea. Yes. <laughs> Magic. Uh, yeah. yeah, I am also here in the corner. It's Friday evening. I'm leaning on my pillow because my arm is killing me, but I'm here to push buttons and let's talk about the news. Here's the first story. Oh my. The reason this story is important because um, Gavin McInnes may have been arrested. We don't know. The Daily Dot, who um, likely just hates Gavin, writes... Was Proud Boys founder Gavin McInnes actually arrested following his live stream? 
Well, I believe it's Betridge's law. Is that it? You want to someone fact check me on this one? Never heard of Betridge's law of, of headlines. If a headline asks a question, the answer is no. That's correct. Yeah, I have heard that. Is it Betteridge? I don't know. I gotta look up the exact What do we got? So much fast typing in this yeah, room. Yeah, come right on, now. guys. Betteridge's <laughs> law of headlines. Boom. Yeah. I can't believe I remembered that properly. I'm always mixing it up. Who's Betteridge? So uh, here's what here's what happens. There's this video of Gavin. He's doing his show. I think we can play this. Named after Ian Betteridge, by oh, the way. Oh, hey. Really? An yeah, Ian? A British techno- technology journalist. So here's, here's Gavin McInnes. We're shooting a show. Can we do this another time? And then he gets up and he, he like doesn't say anything for a little while. And then it's really quiet because he's away from the mic. He says, uh, let's see, when's he going to say it? I think we got to jump ahead. We'll sit down and have a conversation. We'll schedule a meeting. And we'll sit down with my lawyer. Yeah. He says, we'll, sit, we'll schedule a meeting. We'll sit down with my lawyer. Mm. Now, I'll say this. A lot of people are like, it's got to be the feds because um, I think it was Will Carlos, this journalist, called the local police. And they're like, we did not arrest him. And there's been no announcements by law enforcement or anything about a possible arrest. Who knows what's happening? Is he in the U.S. I, or Canada? He's, he's in, in New York. US. This is yeah. the kind of thing where you, it, law enforcement, I believe they would make a big headline out of this. If I don't they think so. Gavin. No, that's a that's a privacy violation. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't just arbitrarily announce we have arrested this man. But what they, with Trump, they were like, we have went into Mar-a-Lago. Wasn't that a big? No, he it was, was Trump, the one who announced yes. they went to Mar-a-Lago. And and with uh, Roger Stone. They tipped off CNN. That's so right. it depends on what the police government wants to happen. I don't know what to think of this because Gavin's a master troll. Like the Proud Boys is a master troll. He, did, he set that, comp, that, comp, that group up as a troll. And it, the, but I don't want to like talk, say that if he actually got arrested because that's, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care who you are. I'm even, even the boy who cried wolf in a circumstance like this. I'm not going to start by assuming you, fa- you faked some kind of arrest or something. And you got you to gotta understand too in this clip. He didn't even say he was getting arrested. He just left the show in the middle of the show. For all we know, when he was pulling into his driveway, he scratched his neighbor. He bumped his neighbor's car and they called the cops and he's doing a show and the cop shows up. And then they said, like, you hit that car. You got to come out. And he's like, I'll get a lawyer. Like, it could have been something as innocuous as that. And then they were like, no, you're coming out now. And then the show goes off the air because he's outside and he's like arguing with people and exchanging information and they're yelling at him. Who knows? Did they leave the show running after that? Yeah, they they left it running. So Josh Denny who is associated with Gavin McInnes and Censored.TV says, just got off the phone with our people. It's not a bit. Gavin was against going to January 6th. He was against Charlottesville and told Proud Boys they were out of the club if they went, but he's rotting away in jail because he dared to question authority. You know, I kind of feel like it's hard to believe. What do you think? I don't think it's hard to believe that Gavin is against January 6th. No, 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 no. Getting arrested. I know he's against January 6th because he said I, I'm where to comment on this. There, there's a part of the video where he says, uh, I didn't let you in here. Right. And I don't know a ton about Gavin Studio, but th- I think that's significant. That either means that they um, felt like they had reason to entry, a reason to enter, and I assume that means they were serving an arrest warrant. Yeah. It's hard not to see it that's that way. Point. Um, I don't think that. You know he's been silent ever since, so that's also significant. I think his fan or his, I think his company or he would address it in some way if everything were fine. If that makes sense, I think the fact that we are not hearing anything, the longer it goes on, becomes increasingly more suspicious. Will Carlos said, trying to confirm what's up with Gavin McInnes abruptly leaving his show last night in the middle of his live stream. A colleague of his tweeted McInnes was hauled off by the feds, but no charges filed on Pacer or press releases from DOJ, FBI. No, uh, so reserving judgment. Fair point. Fair point. I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, Ian, you mentioned it. He's a master troll. He certainly is. But uh, I will say Scott Adams, 
Remember what he tweeted July 1st, 2020? Yeah, I do. What I remember what did it. He, say? he said Republicans will be hunted. Everyone and, made fun of him. And then it was two months later that Aaron Danielson took two to the chest from yep. uh, uh, from a, a Black Lives Matter uh, activist with a BLM tattoo on his neck. Mm-hmm. Someone so, was just insinuating that MAGA Republicans were dangerous. MAGA Republicans, but it was like they specified this. These MAGA, who was that? It was on Twitter. I think it was today. Even was it a MAGA Republicans? It was Biden, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Biden. Biden, Biden yeah. said, yeah, yeah, "I don't, I don't like these guys." It's hilarious on, that I don't, I don't remember who it was when he talks because it's that. Yeah, forget, so it's like who was that guy? <laughs> Have you guys seen the trailer? <laughs> the older for, man uh, who yeah. keeps just rambling. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Have you guys seen the trailer for My Son Hunter? Oh gosh, no. no. Yeah, not a trailer. I, I saw, just saw it exists. I saw the trailer. It looks really good. Gina Carano's in it. Oh, cool. But my only my only, my only, only issue with it is that it makes Joe Biden look very strong and confident. <laughs> Incorrect. Inaccurate. Yeah, because yeah. like he's, he, he's like, there's like a scene where he confronts Hunter and he's like, what did you do? And then I'm like, Joe? He'd be going like, come on, man. You, you crack pipe. <laughs> Corn pop. What are you doing to me, man? Unless, unless the angle they're going with is that it's, an all, it's all an act. So that his enemies think he's a fumbling, bumbling. Yeah. You know, look, people people are, are like, I'll, I'll put it this way. Conservatives are acting like Joe Biden's not really the one making all these moves. So he's sort of getting the, the blame deflected off of himself by, by being this way. Mm-hmm. So imagine he's actually totally lucid and strong. And he's like, listen here, listen here, champ. I just made a bunch of moves, guy. Look fat. I'm the one taking the economy, but I'm not going to take the blame for it. Watch how I pull this one off. <gasps> what? Economy, that's the theory. Oh. Ronald Reagan apparently, when he was leaving office, he had also apparently he had Alzheimer's. That's the story. Mm-hmm. But some people think that he had been embroiled in some corruption and it was coming out. And then he started saying like, "I can't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember." And his memory started to fail him all of a sudden. And then he was off the hook. Yeah, they're gonna be like, they're gonna so the Republicans are gonna win. They're gonna file investigations. It went in November, and then they're gonna subpoena Joe Biden, and he's gonna be like, uh, "I did what?" And you're going to be like, Mr. President, you had a conversation with the president of Ukraine about a billion dollar loan guarantee. A billion dollar bone guarantee? What? Who bought? Like Come a on, man. Bone? I mean, there are all these stories about like this is starting to seem like elder abuse. Like I think everyone was saying like he is just he seems so out of it that it is almost cruel to force him to do this. I don't necessarily agree, but like in some ways, I wondered if that story was to set him up for like sympathy from the American public. Should anyone ever try to prosecute mm. him in the future? Because it's like, well, he wasn't he wasn't well then, and he's not. He's even worse now. Like. We, we always just give him the excuse that he's like old and decrepit, even though he was the, this way when we elected well, him. Maybe maybe he is being controlled by somebody else and he's just a puppet. Maybe he's secretly strong. Either way, you've got a conspiracy theory on your hands. But this, this is what I want to get to. If this Gavin McGinnis thing turns out to not be a hoax and he was actually detained for some reason, then uh, the fact that information has been withheld and that he, he, he would be in jail is actually really, really terrifying, which is why it's like, it'd be really awful if it was a stunt or some kind of prank or something. He might come back and be like, I didn't prank anybody. You know, I got into an argument with a neighbor and then we canceled the show and then everyone started claiming I was arrested. Like what happened? You know, for all we know, it could be like that. But considering that the, the, the president just got his home, his house raided and the, and the reasoning behind it seems to be completely like fraudulent and corrupt in my opinion. These are these are scary days, you know. Like I mentioned, Scott Adams said Republicans will be hunted. He did say you'll be dead by this time next year yeah, or something that was a like that. Like, oh. <laughs> but a couple months later, a dude was shot and killed for just being a Trump supporter. So it's like, 
I guess you he know. was right for somebody. That and if somebody you mean it in like the unpersoning way, like if you ban people from platforms that are mainstream and you cut them off from society, you're not literally dead, but you are. Uh, your influence is over, if that makes sense. That's that's what I think more people, the attempt is with most people who have like MAGA ideology. They don't want them to have any sort of influence over politics. So if they can shuffle them as far into the dark parts of the internet as they can and be like, oh, they're extremists, you know, that's the that's the ideal scenario. So let's let's um, let me let me start by saying, I'm looking, I'm I'm really excited for November. You know, people pointed out that New York 19 was supposed to go Republican, but it stayed Democrat. So that's a bad sign. Mm -hmm. But then someone else pointed out that uh, the Democrats won that district by 12 points. They just won it again by two, which suggests a major swing in favor of Republicans. So I just want to make sure everybody's got that little optimism in their minds. And I will also add, too, on the culture front, we released a song. It's got 450,000 hits, probably like more than that across the platforms. So like things are going really well. Like I'm actually I'm feeling pretty Daily good. Daily Wire is hiring Disney CMO, like the marketing yeah, man, person, you know, right? Like we're, Holy I cow. think I think we're doing really well. Yeah, and every great. day, the 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 cult seems to just falter and 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 fail and and stumble. That being said, in their desperation, you will see the death throes and the death rattles. So, going after Donald Trump's home, raiding it. Gavin McGinnis maybe being raided or arrested. I don't know. Desperation. Yeah, but desperation. Uh, Project Veritas getting raided. And now we got the story in the New York Times about these people selling the diary, Ashley Biden's diary, to James. And it sounds like they're going to try and go after Veritas. Mm-hmm. We may be winning, but of course, no one in the culture war is going to just give up, right? Yeah. So if freedom, liberty, moderation, libertarianism, conservative values, American values, all of these things, which don't completely agree with each other, but have this coalition start winning. Are we about to see a dramatic escalation in corrupt law enforcement and political, you know, authoritarianism? Well, surely they're going to be held accountable after the next couple of months. And they can't allow that. I mean, when a cornered animal lashes out, you know, in its last desperate move, that's when the Republicans have the advantage of typically they are the party of inaction, I would Mm -hmm. say. And in this case, inaction is probably the best thing to do. Really? They're being provoked into do something, make a mistake. But actually, just by sitting and waiting until November, that's probably the best move for most of the center and the right. Go tell all your family members to vote and go vote yourself. Replace all the jerks. And then hopefully the the representatives who are elected are going to be able to clean up instead of trying to uh, seize the ring of power for themselves and then the corruption spreads but it comes from the right now I gotta give I gotta give an amazing white pill moment for everybody I was laughing with such joy earlier today so I tweeted out that YouTube changed their rules right uh, I did this big long thing because YouTube removed the rule saying you you can't claim that that masks cause lung cancer and that masks uh, uh, you know a, a whole bunch of claims the most absurd of which was that YouTube now allows people to claim that masks cause lung cancer, which is weird. It's insane. (laughs) Yeah. And so I did this big thing of all the rules, right? But one of them was about the efficacy of the vaccines. And Marjorie Taylor Greene quote tweeted me and said, so in other words, allowing some truth, some truth, something like that. She was not endorsing any of the stuff. A bunch of outlets wrote articles claiming Marjorie Taylor Greene endorses idea that masks cause lung cancer. And then I just busted out laughing. What the heck? She certainly did not. <laughs> she was making a comment about reduction in censorship, some of which these things are actually asserted by the CDC. 
She did not say masks do this. No, it's like saying there's some good people in the United States and people being like, oh, you think murderers are good people. Exactly. <laughs> it's that joke of, but, I, I like pancakes. Yeah, are you exactly. saying you hate waffles? Yes. Yes. So I, I just laughed. I'm like, this is all they have. This is what the media has now. They're so desperate. It's a they're, taunt. They're, they're, they're scraping at the bottom of the barrel so hard, they've started pulling up wood chips. Yeah, and the timing is right after she's been swatted, what, twice? So they're yeah. like, no sympathy points for her. She thinks lung, masks give, make you have lung cancer. Stay away from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like, it's so desperate what they're doing. You There's know? another fake meme where they're like, Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about solar energy and claimed that you would lose electricity at night. And she said, I don't know about you, but I like having the lights on at night. And then all these leftists are mocking her. And I'm like, are you, are you, are you, are you joking? She's right. Solar panels don't work at night. Mm -hmm. And so the issue is with, with solar power as a grid feature is that you need massive batteries, better, right, better technology that we don't actually have. And so that's why solar works great supplemented by natural gas. Was that her point? Because that's actually correct. But they snip out one weird sounding thing Anyway, the reason I bring that up as a white pill thing, when we're talking about winning in November, G Prime, you know, he just mentioned, George, he said, get your family, go vote. You know, yeah, Marjorie- friends, everybody you know. Everybody you know. When Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is winning and she's like raising more money than anybody else, and then we see a whole bunch of MAGA Republicans that they hate so much winning, Carrie Lake sweeping every district in Arizona. Arizona has been slowly turning blue because of California. People fleeing California. Yeah, Carrie Lake still Colorado. swept every district. Yep. It's that border. Yo. That border's I'm crazy. saying, after everything I've seen this year, Trump's endorsement record is like 99% success. Crazy. I'm ready to order a bunch of nachos, sit back, grab some beers, and be like, this is good news, everybody. Some organic Just make sure, yeah. make sure you don't you don't just rest on, on, on these victories. You have to make sure now. You know, when the enemy the center has, has crumpled, you don't just go, okay, it crumpled, we can chill. No, 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 no. Now you take the hilltop. So come November, everybody, you got to get everybody you know. And then finally, if we can get enough of these actual American value politicians in, maybe get some accountability and some investigation. That's a good point. If you truly, if you really win, which it feels like, sometimes I feel like I am winning in life. Like this is a, this is a victory. So then it's your turn to build. You now have the land. The land is yours. Now you must create something sustainable so that you, could, you and your friends can stay, you and your people, your, your brethren. It's really red team's game to lose. In sports terms, it's sort of like um, conservatives in general strategically are hold your ground and play defense. It's hard to go on offense with your shield up. You're stepping forward, stepping forward, holding your ground. But now it's time to, you have the ball, go towards the end zone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I guess my problem is that I worry that, I mean, we grew up, we're all about the age where we remember when the Republicans pushed a little too hard in the early 2000s and stuff. We've seen them go on offense and then make so many mistakes that they make themselves look foolish and then they get replaced by the left because the left says we want change from these bad policies. These, I always talk about the Patriot Act and all that stuff. I hate that stuff. And, and the and pushing wars and let's go invade everybody. It's like, no, how about we just focus on America for a little while? And that's what this new form of 
uh, red team is doing. I want to see what happens when they have control of the ball. Um, I, I don't. We've never seen what happens before, have we? I don't think we have. Well, how do you see America fitting in with a new world order? Uh, depends who's in control of America, right? I mean, if, if in the next two and a half years, Biden's still in control of the executive branch, let's say, or his handlers are still in control, uh, legislative might lean red. Uh, Supreme Court's leaning red now. So I'm guessing it's going to be lame duckish for the next couple of years, maybe, policy-wise. As far as the New World Order is concerned, uh, they might just be planning to do things without America's involvement. Hmm would be my guess because America is kind of crippled as if we have a blue executive branch who won't pass any of the legislation that they write uh, on red team. Let's say we want to pass these bills and Joe Biden's like, no, I'm just not going to pass it. not going to pass it. So then it goes to the Supreme court and then we have more fighting on that front. But as far as what they're trying to push, like what, I mean, what new thing is going to happen in the next two years that the uh, liberal world order or whatever, the World Economic Forum, what are they going to try to push in the next couple of years aside from cryptocurrency as the new digital currency, like dispensing of the dollar erosion of human rights in general. Mm -hmm. We'll just I guess we will be watching helplessly as the rest of the world loses their rights and then hoping that we're one of the last countries that can at least openly criticize this stuff. Yeah, whenever there's a revolution, uh, honestly, I don't think there's ever been a revolution. I was reading about this where the the bottom tier of society rose up and took the top. It's always that a top and a bottom aspect of society are replaced by a smaller top and bottom segment of society. So, and and it's it, so it's like you, you can't. Well, that that maybe is a little different than the point of that you can't really re- revolt. A system doesn't revolt alone. It's with, because of outside forces. Like the French won the American Revolution. Yeah, that'll be very strange if, let's say there's um, uprisings throughout the America. I was talking about this yesterday, I think. I'm, they might try to import uh, like private military from other countries to try to be peacekeepers or something. That would be absolutely horrifying. Or, or maybe we were talking about this offline with, with those stupid uh, Boston Dyma- Dynamics robots oh, yeah. patrolling down the street, trying to hold the hold the peace in like New York State or something if there's like weirdos in the woods trying to hold their ground. I guess, are there... Peaceful revolutions in history? Like, are there, you guys know of any? I can't name one off the top of my head. I guess Peaceful, they could happen, um, but. There, there are a couple examples. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head, though. Iceland threw out the bankers, like, in 2008. They were like, we're done with central banks. We're taking control yeah. of our money. Didn't, didn't Canada just be like, hey, we're going to go our own way, yo. And they were like, okay, Canada. <laughs> Much Something like that. Then. I don't know. There, there have been, but they're extremely rare. Yeah. I'll Very look rare. into that. Very rare. Uh, let's uh, jump to the story here from TimCast.com. Oh, yeah. Governor Kathy Hochul to states Republicans, you are not New Yorkers. Okay. If you are a Republican living in New York, mm, who's that uh, Who's that uh, Republican that we know who lives in New York? Frank. Frank? Oh. Shout out to Frank. I'm just, like, I'm just saying that because there's a bunch. Okay. Is we'll it start Libby naming. Emmons? Oh, she... oh, 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 oh. There's other ones. I Libby. know there's more. No, Libby. You mean quite frankly? Frank, quite frankly. Frank, Frank himself? Yeah, My man. Frank. Yeah. yeah, dude. I love him. What's up, Frank? Louis, so yeah. uh, Kathy Hochul's gotta go, said Republican congressman and gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin. Just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Whoa! Okay, bye. <laughs> Get out of town because you don't represent our values. WTF. Yeah. Yo, that crazy, you are man. not New Yorkers. 
Wow. There are like 5.4 million registered 5. Republicans. 4. And like there are friends. probably independents who also lean Republican. You guys should probably at least get a plane ticket to Florida. Wow. Start seeing yourself That's out. Crazy. Unelected leader telling people, ejecting people. Like yeah. this is not good. This is not an American value, man. This is not mm -hmm. something we've ever really, in my experience, done to our population before. But it is something that the Nazis did to the yeah. Jews. You don't, repopulation was like an old man. punishment. She, Say the word. Liberal international no. economy. No. Graphene. <laughs> the, the two words. DMT. Make everyone take good. a shot. Come, Come on, on, Ian. Uh, Civil War? Yeah! You liked it. <laughs> <laughs> when the governor tells 5.4 million people to get out of the state. At a rally for other political leaders. Dude. Crap. When the previous governor murdered 15,000 elderly people. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that. Yeah, there's a huge, one of the big criticism of this is like, do you not understand? Like we've already lost a ton of people because of the pandemic, like that's our tax base. Dude, 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 did you see, listen, my friends, the other day we were talking about Nate Silver. He yeah. said liberal elites pressured Pfizer to, with, to hold back the vaccine until after the election. I guess it was like to hurt Trump or something. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what Nate Silver was saying. Okay, assuming that's true, these Democrat politicians expected you to die in order to stop Donald Trump. In fact, Cuomo had the option to use that medical ship. Which one was it? It wasn't the Mercy. Mar I, th yeah, I, I thought, thought it was. was, but someone kept telling me we were wrong. Oh, I don't know. There I was that was big mercy. boat. Yeah. There was a boat. And, and the Javits Center. And Cuomo was like, you know, I could. I'm going to put the sick people in the elderly home. Yeah. And then 15,000 people died. Yep. That took a lot of voters out of the equation, I'll tell you that. This is the U.S. Older, comfort. That was the comfort. 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 Yeah, yeah. There, and and 15,000 voters who are older, who tend to be conservative, That's right. erased from the voting block. Older people tend to vote Republican. And then we saw it in, what, Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in New Jersey, and in California. Yeah. The, 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 I, this is this is dark stuff, This is man. part of why uh, top-down governance is failing, or at least struggling, is because it's like utilitarian. They don't, Kathy doesn't know all the Republicans that she's claiming are not New Yorkers that are like if she knew them personally she probably wouldn't be saying that well she always says like I'm from Buffalo I'm from upstate I know about the rest of New Yorkers like she tries to present herself as more than just like a politician who's catering to New York City which dominates the state's politics in a lot of ways but like she is not I bring up the uh, economic criticism because the two major issues for New York voters right now are crime and the economy and right now she says i don't care about the economy i don't want any republicans here and before she's running against lee zeldin who has remember uh someone tried to stab him on stage and he correctly predicted that person yeah. would be released before morning and they and the attacker was How i could mean you live in new york it no, doesn't make I mean, any hold, sense hold on i think she's right she's like oh, she's she said right. she said you gotta go what did she say jump on a bus and head down to florida Republicans in New York, I'm going to tell you, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida. Yeah, there you For, go. Florida, Florida needs you, and Florida's great. I maybe, say stay and fight, though. Maybe she's going to start bussing them down the way that like Abbott's bussing illegal immigrants yeah. to D.C. Like she's <laughs> going to get her own system going. But you saw that story that they're not even making it, right? They're like stopping the, the buses. At, at, yeah. Yeah. It's just... You think it's better to stay in New York and change it from the inside? I've had the opinion for a long time. It's what they're, what Blue Team seems to be doing is forcing people to retreat. And I've always had the opinion of the more you retreat, eventually you're going to find your back to a cliff and then they're going to force you to jump or do a desperate move to make a mistake. I know a bunch of New Yorkers because I live really close to it. And uh, the idea of, um, how do I put this? 
they will never forget, like, say, you had an older family member in the hospital or something like that. You weren't allowed to visit them. Mm. Or uh, you had one, you could only have one person visiting at a time. Uh, that is how you can flip most demographics red, for sure. Nobody's going to ever forget that, at least from our generation. So not being able to visit an elderly family member, or God forbid you had someone that died, um, those people will never vote blue again, probably. Mm, um, yeah. So when she says leave, she's trying to force them to retreat because she knows she's already lost them. So don't leave. In fact, stay in place. I know, I've known a bunch of New Yorkers who they're always talking about, is it time to go? Is it time to go? I say, no, you should reclaim your land. You should not say, I'm going to go somewhere else where I can be happy. Blue Team's strategy seems to be to try to make you run away. Uh, it's like a paper tiger kind of thing. You've already lost the fight. You may as well not fight now because you've lost. But actually, there's way more of you than you think, especially this in is, New York State. Yeah. Here, here's the thing, too. Yes. If every single... Uh, if every single Republican in AOC's district actually voted Republican, right. they would win. Mm -hmm. They think that by, it's like, oh, I'm going to lose anyway, so I may as well not vote. That's probably what it is. I, I don't think even a lot of people know that there's an election coming up in the next few months. But it's, uh, who, who just uh, uh, won the Republican nomination? Tina something in New York in AOC's district? Uh, I can look. Yeah, look at, because I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name. But, um, it oh, is, she has a real thick accent. It's it's like I think it's it's what two to one or three to no. It's like it's like three to one Democrat to Republican in her dis, in her district. It's like D plus twenty five or something. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the amount of people that actually turn out, it's really really low. Tina Forte is that her name? Yeah, Tina Forte is that it? Fort Forte. Because yeah. they don't realize how important it maybe. is. But but I will be realistic. You would need every single Republican and conservative leaning person, every single one. Grandma. And then you need to also hope the Democrats don't turn out. Mm -hmm. The Democrats typically don't turn out. Like AOC, I think, got like a like hundred and something thousand out of, in a district of 750,000. If every conservative voted, it would it would be the weirdest thing ever. They'd be like, how did New York 14 flip Republican? It's like because the Republicans got fed up and they actually went out and voted. I think a lot of those votes, though, are people who are, they've been dead for a while, maybe. And now this is just my opinion. I'm not saying the F word. But a lot of those people, like, you know, they recycle They're, social security numbers and stuff. That's oh, an easy out. That's an, that's an, I th I, I there's just, a lot of corruption in New York. Sure, sure, true. sure, yeah, sure, sure. I, I'm all in favor of cleaning up voter rolls, but I think it's such... What, what I don't like is that in 2016, they screamed for years that Russia hacked the machines and all that stuff. And then to see the right start using that narrative, and I'm like, bro, even if it's the case, you need to talk... There, there's two big things you need to do. One, rally everyone you know to go and vote. And two, make sure you're paying attention to the process. Sure. Like in Wisconsin, they're saying those drop boxes are illegal. But when you come out and you say stuff like that, it's like a defeatist mentality. No, no. I, in fact, we should overwhelm. I say we as if I'm on red team necessarily. I, I like them. But we should go in overwhelming numbers. So even if someone were to cheat, which never happens, they can't win because the numbers are going to be so overwhelmingly on your side. Here's, here's what I think is important when it comes to politics. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. There's no such, the, the, whole, the whole game is fight for power by any means necessary. Now, there are certain parameters where things are flexible, albeit amoral or wrong. And then there are certain parameters where you're outright committing criminal activity. Proving criminal activity is very, very difficult and rarely happens. It happens sometimes. DeSantis just found a bunch of people who weren't eligible to vote were voting and things like that. 
So when people come out and they assert that the reason we lost is specifically because of criminal activity, it's like, Mm -mm. or are you just not paying attention to the fact that the rules were adjusted in such a way that it harmed you and, and your ideology? Pennsylvania is the best example. They changed the rules a year in advance. They cut a deal with Republicans to expand universal mail-in voting, which deeply hurts Republican areas and deeply benefits blue areas. Pay attention to those things. But I don't, I just, we've got to maintain that, um, that we're going to win mentality and not, not be too focused on. Sure. I definitely don't want to reinforce the idea that we may as well not bother because they're going to cheat. I still think red team can overwhelmingly win just by convincing family members say you got people at church that don't vote because they just don't want to or maybe they're lazy or something just convince them how important it is and they already know how important it is. here's the other issue i have like if you think they are cheating why aren't the other side why isn't the other side cheating like why is it only ever this like you're the opponents of your person i just want lots of accountability those are awesome by the way the green tea these yeah man i got a story to tell you about this later (laughs) (laughs) i know i love these they're sugar-free and they're super good for me yeah you know anyway anyway i'll tell you later you know it's 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 always like the other side is cheating and it's just like if you think the establishment republicans aren't playing games you know what i mean it's it's one big political machine right that's what i'm that's what i'm saying i would love accountability on both sides yeah, especially with the machines themselves. The, right now, we've got... Paper, man, I would love it. Or or at least digital machines with transparent algorithms so that we can watch the counts happen in real time and then you can verify your vote. And as opposed to what they did and what they have been doing is that they were tallying them in back rooms with proprietary software code. Yeah. So we can't verify that the votes are even being tallied properly. Sure. The first, I need verification. The, uh, Ian, you are completely correct. The first thing that we need to do is open source, publicly accessible source code on all of our voting equipment. Why not? Yeah. Or a switch to paper ballots or something. Or both. Yeah. Or, or both. Yeah. Yep. 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 But I think a three step, like a three <laughs> barriers would be, so you have your paper, you have your digital machine thing, and then you have a blockchain tally as well. So we're relatively young in that we understand what it means to say open source, but how do we convince people in like the legislative branches what this means and why it's important? I don't think they Public accountability. Know. Public accountability systems. I, I've got private companies controlling our elections is a conflict of interest. Yeah, I. Um, I think they would all get that. I mean, these are all words that they were familiar with. I Universal wanna... voting access. Sure, voter transparency. I want to point you guys at a video of a testimony a guy gave in front of Congress. If you want to say, what can we do with Congress about building an algorithm in a voting machine that changes the vote fifty one forty nine? Oh yeah. And that no one, unless you have the source code, you wouldn't know that it's doing it or unless you could uh, run it up against the uh, the actual paper ballots, you wouldn't know that anyone's doing it. That's his testimony. <laughs> it's like when you ask them, uh, how do we know it's secure? It's hashtag trust me, bro. Mm, yeah, it really like, is. Yeah. Come yeah. on. And he, yeah. It's he so easy to verify. His testimony things. said that in the year 2000, he built this for an Ohio... Uh, was it a senator? I should be able to have this this thing bookmarked, this testimony bookmarked. It's on YouTube. I'll pull it up within a minute. I think one of the most striking things about this is that she's so, I mean, I think we have this idea that like when people get to the, you know, she won her Democratic primary, uh, that they'll start trying to court the independent vote and move to a more moderate position. But with this, Hochul is just like blatantly going farther left. She is trying to completely activate only Democratic voters and that is fascinating to me. She thinks she can win on complete liberal rage alone. So I've got we, the we need we need to activate 
Nuclear Dark Ultra Maga. Yeah. This is the testimony that people need to see. It's Eugene, uh, the video on YouTube, if you want to watch, it's called American Election Hacker Testifies, and it's from, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. But uh, the guy's name is Clinton Eugene Curtis. He testified under oath in front of the U.S. House Judiciary members in Ohio that Tom Feeney in the year 2000 had him build a prototype software package that would secretly rig an election to sway the result 51-49 to a specified side. Under oath testimony that he built that for uh, Tom Feeney. I was at, um, I've gone to a whole bunch of the DEF CON conferences and they have like, they have the voting hacker village or something like that, where they have a bunch of different voting machines and they're all just having a good time breaking into them. So open source can help solve a lot of that because it allows the public to scrutinize how the system is being operated. That's, that's really important. Right, right now, at least like, the voting machines can't handshake with some machine remotely a million miles away. Yeah. They, they can't have it so that you can't, it doesn't connect to anything outside. Like... Um, that would be nice too. But like, so with a proprietary software voting machine, you could have like a hundred people vote and the machines like, if the vote is this, then subtract 10 from side a. And so it, there'll be a, a thing, but if you don't have the code to see the math of what it's telling you, what to subtract and what to add, you wouldn't know that it's moving the votes. Mm -hmm. But if you can see the code, then you'll see, oh, there's something telling the machine to subtract 10 if that's not right. It shouldn't be doing that. It should just be doing an honest tally. That's where we say accountability. Like, honestly, this kind of code, I'm not like an expert by any means, and you know way more than me, but I'm sure like most amateur coders know how to tally things. This is not difficult. It's it's trying to uh, account for all the uh, weird things. Like, what if the, I, I scan a vote and it doesn't go through, and then we have to scan it again? Does it delete the original scan? Should, should the ballots have, like, should they, should they be serialized? So that there can't be repeats, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean th these are real, like easy questions. Bitcoin easy could solve this. Of... Crypto, crypto could solve this. If 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 uh, we've talked about crypto voting, but if we just do like a hybridized system where, when you vote, your your you know ballot has a has a cryptographic association with your name and your registration, then you can't you don't got to worry about them going through the machine twice or anything like that. It's like, you know, rejected already in, in the system. Hmm. Let, me, let, me, let me talk to you about the way in which I think we are seeing uh, dirty, underhanded tactics to try and win oh. in these elections. Huh. From TimCast.com, Sandy Hook families ask judge to remove Alex Jones from control of his company. Now, I don't mean to say this story literally specifically is Democratic operatives trying to cheat. What I'm saying is the things we have seen levied at Alex Jones in general are destroying his ability to run his company. And along with many other people, the censorship ramped up tremendously in 2018 and is still persistent with now the revelation that the FBI made a request to, to Facebook. And then Facebook was like, oh, we better censor this Hunter Biden laptop stuff. The moves made against Donald Trump, the moves made to censor stories, the, the, the sh destruction of Alex Jones in, in fours and all that stuff. And for all of the things you can criticize him for, I get it, I get it. The fact is, they're going after speech. This would not be necessary if they were winning. Mm. They wouldn't need to go after Alex Jones unless Alex Jones was actually a threat to the establishment. Yeah. Just saying his name is giving him publicity. That's right. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's oh. happening now is. In the lawsuit, the families are alleging that he's funneling money to uh, Free Speech Systems. His company is funneling money to a family member. I say, according to the motion, Free Speech Systems claims to owe a massive secure debt to an insider that was first reported when the cases against Jones began, but no records show that debt existed prior to the lawsuit. Attorneys for the families are now requesting a bankruptcy trustee assume control of his company. They have also requested the court appoint a tort claimants uh, committee to investigate Free Speech Systems business dealings and for the court to remove FSS as the debtor in possession. This is kind of crazy because people talked about this when uh, Jones lost his lawsuit. Or I shouldn't say when he lost it, he was in default, but when he was sentenced to pay, you know, this 45, 45 million or whatever, 50 million. Imagine you uh, cut a deal with someone, legit. Then they get sued. Or let's say they're, they're getting sued and you don't know, and you do a deal with them. Now the court's coming after you and they're going to take from you because of something he did. How is that legal? That to me is crazy. I would think that that would not be. That's what they're doing. They're basically saying that the other people who who Alex owes money to is illegitimate and should be basically suspended. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Desperation. This is what I think. Well, look, the families are asking it, and I think that has a lot to do with they want the money that they sued him over, and if he's broke, ain't no money to get. So mm-hmm. this is the course they take. But my point is, you are seeing a lot of stuff launched at Alex Jones. You are seeing a lot of stuff launched at a ton of people, and it's going to get crazier. You think the midterms are crazy? It's like we're a couple months out, and it's getting nuts. They raided a former president's home, unprecedented. Imagine 2023, 2024. It's almost like they're throwing spaghetti at a wall because they're hoping some of it will stick. That's exactly what it feels like to me, and to, it does look like desperation. Mm-hmm. Like they're and, getting crazy. And this <laughs> is this is how you know when your spaghetti's done. You guys know this, right? You throw it at the wall. And it you, sticks. you pull out a thing, and you throw it at the wall. If it sticks, good. I'm to gonna eat. start doing that. <laughs> You know what's good about, uh, say, an Alex Jones type of person, not to speak for him or anything, but a lot of people on the right are people of faith, let's say. You get a Marjorie Taylor Greene or something like that. They are trained because of their faith to, we are, it's like we're conditioned to suffer and take it. And that's when the qualities of the right shine the most, is when you're oppressing them. And it's like, wait, why aren't you staying down? Why do you keep getting up? And it's like, no, I actually kind of love this. This I think is, that. Oh, oh no! It's just they worship a guy whose whole shtick is he was beaten to death and then he came back to life. So it's like the more you oppress, say a Christian or something like that, Judeo-Christian perhaps, the more they're like, oh wait, I'm actually more in alignment with the person who I'm supposed to be emulating. I find that's a psyop. I think that the Catholic Church on purpose made people believe that they're supposed to suffer and that they're bad so that they would become servants to the church. Okay, so this is actually something that Viktor Frankl observed in his time and Fyodor Dostoevsky also observed it in his time in concentration camp in Soviet Russia. He observed that people who followed religions were impossible to stop. You could not keep them down. They firmly believed they were following what was true. And I think that's, and I can, you can obviously prove that that's 100% divorced from the church. 
It had nothing to do with the church. This no. was something that they held inside themselves. They're taught scripturally. Exactly. This is what like the hardcore disciples in say the book of Acts or something. Yeah. You're the most in alignment. You're the closest to being like the disciples who like, they're like, no, please torture me more so that my resurrection is better. <laughs> yeah. St. Paul has said something like that where it's like, I want to have an even more, uh, even, uh, I don't know. I want to get more buff points or something when yeah. when I level up and when I'm resurrected. <laughs> yeah. No, because at the very core of what they believe is that, I mean, they don't talk about this very often. Maybe I'm going on a tangent, but at the core of Christianity is you expect to be resurrected. So even if you're thrown to the lions, literally in early biblical times, tortured to death, whatever, that actually brings you closer to... Uh, it's kind of like you you if you're not being tortured maybe you're doing something wrong. Right. In fact, in Revelation, one of the things they were talking about was how God despised the lukewarm church. Yeah. He's like you were neither hot nor cold and for that reason I spit you out of my mouth. You're I just kind of there. You. Yeah. You're just there. Bubble but I was talking about this the other day and, and I, well, I'm not going to apologize. Uh, but uh talking about lukewarm Christians and that sort of thing and um it, even with the um vaccine mandates and you weren't allowed to go to church or any of that stuff I would still hear stories about people going to church and meeting anyway, even though the state told them they weren't allowed to. Yeah, and it's like that's where you find where the lukewarm Christians were is the ones who kind of just like, oh, I'll do whatever the state tells right. me to. And it's like, no, actually, in the early church, again, we were meeting underground when you could be found and killed. You like, know, you, you remember? Oh, no, no, finish right here. You know the uh, origin of the Jesus fish. I was thing? gonna say yeah, that. That's yeah, what I was gonna exactly, say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One person would would draw an, uh, a crescent, and then the other person would finish it, creating yeah. the shape of a fish. Secret message. So that you knew it's we like, are fishers of men. Yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. But that's I mean honestly that's when you you feel the heat of your faith really is when you can die for it, but you still believe it anyway. So I have family members who are so, not to say too much out of respect, but like I know one that. Uh, was facing their death, let's say, or is facing their death. And that is when they are the most themselves and everyone's like, how are you holding it together? And it's like, no, I'm going to go see Jesus soon. Yeah, yeah, they love it. So again, I'm complimenting Christians in the sense of like, the more you push them, the more you force them to like, hey, we're going to be mean to you and we're going to dox you or we're going to swat you. Bring it. They love it. <laughs> and actually, I don't know if the left understands this because maybe they don't believe anything like i think they don't this. really believe in christianity because they dismiss it sort of outright sure. uh, but like throughout the christian bible there are the reminders of like uh set your mind on the things above i think there's a verse in colossians about that sure. where it's a constant reminder that like what's happening on earth is not your ultimate end goal no. and i think if you aren't a person of faith that's very difficult to embrace because like the idea of eternity and the consequences of your actions here no. you know for some people this is all you have and so you have to do whatever like whatever your ultimate ideology is, you have to pursue it intensely, whereas Christians aren't driven it's that not way. their home, I, yeah. I, I want to address, you know, you, you were mentioning about getting backed into a corner. Mm. And then, you know, what, what you're talking about, like a, what you, did you say a rat or what would you say? Just like, no, just if I'm forced to retreat, eventually there's going to be a cliff behind me. You know what I was thinking? Do you guys see that video of the lady being attacked by the rabid fox? Yeah, what oh, the heck yeah. was that? that? That made me feel like the summer of love, like the analogy. It's like, you're sitting there minding your own business, you're watering your lawn, and a rabid fox just runs up and attacks you for no reason. And you try and kick it off, but it keeps biting you. Then it bites onto her hand, and she's like swinging it around and then throws it. And then she's got a gash, and she got puncture wounds. Then she's got to get the rabies shot. And it's Ugh. like, man, she didn't even do anything to anybody, right? Mm. That's how it felt with like the BLM riots. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people talk about how, yet, you know, someone super chatted, the establishment is losing, but a cornered rat bites the hardest. And I'm like, you got two choices. 
You can go and water your flowers and mind your own business and the rabid fox attacks you. Or you can be proactive and chase it off with the hose because they're hydrophobic and then it might get into a corner and freak out. But what do you choose? Do you choose to say, I'm not going to allow you to come onto my house? Or you say, I'm just going to go over here and ignore you and then you're eventually going to bite me. Yeah. I think being proactive and saying no, just saying no, standing up, even if it means, you know, you backing backing the establishment to a that's border. that's the problem I have. I do believe that the faith in God or in a perception in something greater than the physical experience that we're having is important, and it gives me faith in saying what I believe, regardless of consequences. Often, but the feeling of being okay to be a servant is disturbing to me because I think that's church propaganda that they want people to be subservient so that they don't rise up and overthrow corrupt corrupt governments and systems and. I don't like seeing people backed into a corner. I don't like seeing people act out of fear. I don't think they should have to. And if you're proactive, you don't have to because you put yourself in a position of stability. Here's, here's, what, I, here's what everyone's got to do. When someone's being mean to you on Twitter, respond by just being nice. Hmm. Even if it if you don't want to. Do, it, it, swallow cheek, your pride. As they say. All right? Swallow your pride. All right? And then when someone says something nasty to you, just say something nice back and leave it at that. Choke on the rind. I don't well, know what that means, but feel it em- keep it empty inside yeah. your ear. <laughs> you were spitting some sweet lyrics. My favorite. Uh, well, I mean, advice, quite literally, like uh, a lot of six. a lot of people will be like, "I'm not." He, this person slighted me. Swallow I'm not pride. going to. And mm-hmm. I'm saying, "Yes, yeah, swallow your pride." It means like, don't stand up and be like, "I refuse to accept." No, no, no you have to accept that in in strategy and 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 being being a tactician requires winning. Winning is not someone insults you, so you insult them back. All, all you're doing is flinging mud. If you really want to win and someone insults you, you be nice to them and completely stop the fight. Mm-hmm. The fight you win is the fight you don't engage in. Mm-hmm. So that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Well, an interesting thing also to consider, uh, to add to what you were saying, Ian, is uh, at the bottom level or the top level of Christianity, like I, I don't think a lot of them practicing understand how crazy this is. Like They actually think that they will be resurrected, like actually. And not in an abstract way. They mean like bodily, like in X thousand years. Yeah, but I'm not sure. A, a lot of people probably don't believe it. Or I, it's I think, too crazy. I think that when I talk to the learned religious folk, it, they don't say stuff like that. It's too weird. But well, it's it, disturbing that is, because there's the thing of if you're a servant and you let yourself be controlled now, later you'll be a king. And you're like... That's just a manipulation manipulation tactic to get people to serve, I believe. One could say that. I mean, biblically speaking, you could one could try to argue that that those verses were added later on down the road. Like when you look at the different um, manuscript translations, and they have found a lot of old manuscripts that are super super close to when the disciples had written most of the New Testament, the apostle, and um, it's pretty much. They have not changed very much. Yeah, consciousness, time. dude, is going to rise. Your spirit is alive and active. Well, maybe not alive in the sense of our bodies, but it's it's a it's a momentous organism. You could say it's not. Of course, it's not an organism. It's not carbon based. But whether you're a slave in life or you're a hero in life, your soul is still going to live on. It's still going to be there after. Well, in that sense too, like you could just say the Christian is embodying what Jesus did by it, it, Jesus still lives on through them by them continuing what he said and basically promised so when and to go back to why an american would stand their ground and why we love standing our ground culturally we are certain that by doing that the next generations who inherit america from us are going to benefit by copying that behavior i'm going to stand my ground and not retreat and that will probably end up preserving the country 
as opposed to if I keep backing away and ceding ground to enemies who keep trying to push me, they will they don't even have to fight me and they'll win the ground. But if I stand my ground and force them to fight and engage me, it's going to get ugly and maybe it's going to cost them more than they want to pay. And think, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, and just and forcing people to take, you know, they say turn the other cheek. It's like, no, I am in fact willing to let you hit me and I'm daring you now to hurt me even more because mm-hmm. eventually that will make me win by default. You are the aggressor, you lose. Like, look what happened to Rome. It became Christian because they kept, it was originally a secret religion and you were killed for believing it, but eventually it became the religion of Rome because uh, among other reasons, they were persecuting them so hard, everybody became a Christian. So I think about this with the raid on Donald Trump and it looks like they're trying to indict him on something. I said it before, a lot of world leaders, historical leaders, good and bad, the persecution led them to rise to power. Yeah. Good leaders that we like in history and bad leaders we don't like in history. You know, making someone into a political martyr doesn't tend to work out for their enemies. It makes, yeah, it makes you look like, uh, hey, why are you being mean to him? I'm going to go support him. I want to support the underdog. I think that's why this, like, attempted complete decimation of Alex Jones and InfoWars as a whole is miscalculated. I think there is, like... If you are part of the Sandy Hook families, it's much more emotional. I think there are politics behind it, but of course, there's it's more complicated. Uh, but I think ultimately they need Alex Jones to not become a martyr, so they need a complete wipeout. They can't leave any remnants of what he's left behind because in one in a lot of ways he was a huge he was a gateway for a lot of people to become supportive of Donald Trump, and they can't have that again. I think it was James Lindsay who mentioned on the show that he was like on a plane with a woman, and yeah. then she said that she didn't like Trump, but this raid against him was 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 wrong and it was a step too far, too far right yeah. they shocked the system hard and i think let, let's actually just jump to the story okay so we have this uh from the wall street journal judge orders justice department to release redacted affidavit leading to search of donald trump's mar-a-lago home i'll put it simply for you guys the affidavit is mostly redacted we don't we, we don't even know what half of the stuff in there is from the sounds of it donald trump was in communication donald trump's people were in communications with the national archives They said, you have stuff that you took from the White House that's, you know, part of the archives. The boxes Trump had, 15, contained newspaper clippings, magazines, personal memos, and some some classified information. Women's underwear. Perhaps. (laughs) Donald Trump's people returned those boxes. The FBI then said, when they were told by the National Archives, they believed that was probable cause that Donald Trump still had more stuff in his house, and therefore they should raid him. They then found 11 stacks, like packets of documents and took them because they were classified. Cash Patel mentioned the president declassified these things. They shouldn't have taken them. It sounds like they knew Trump had crossfire hurricane, Russiagate documents that were going to potentially implicate or at the very least besmirch the name of the FBI. And they need an excuse to go in, check or seize. This sounds dangerously corrupt and dirty. And... Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, did Donald Trump not have copies of whatever these documents were? Is he, he's an old guy, so maybe, but I don't know if I believe there was any reason that would warrant what they did at Trump's house because he was cooperating. He had already turned over these these items. Yeah, that's like if there was a gun recall and they're like turning your guns and you turn in your gun and then they're like, "Hey, that's evidence that you might have more guns. We're going to break into your house and check." Like, "What? No, 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 no. I I I did what you asked. I returned the item." 
Maybe it had been a con- if you're like return your contraband items. If there's like a drug recall, return your cocaine. You you return it. You get it rid of it. Like there are societies where they're like here dispense it there. Then they use that as a reason to go check your. That's insanity. No. I just think it's unrealistic to think any government entity asks you to turn in something like with like blinders on, right? They're not, they never granted anyone immunity. They asked him to turn in something and it immediately gave them cause. If you turned in drug paraphernalia or guns, like, of course, then they're going to be like, well, we know you have a history of owning drug paraphernalia or guns. Like, we're going to continue down this road. How about that completely fake story about nuclear documents? Oh, yeah. The Washington Post was like, they were looking for nuclear documents. And then I see all these leftists, and they're like, Trump stole 300 nuclear documents and the rights defending him. And then it turns out the warrant was just like, we would like all documents at any point during your presidency that you may have. It's like, okay, well, they were looking for literally anything. It's called a fishing expedition. Mm -hmm. They gave themselves a broad warrant to take whatever they wanted. It really does sound like they're scared that those documents from Crossfire Hurricane will get out. Now, I have to wonder this. Why didn't Trump just release them if that's the case? Perhaps Trump was preparing an October surprise when he was announcing he would be running for president and then he would say, boom, here's the story. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to stop him. That would make sense. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's also notable, like we talked about this a little bit before, but they didn't leak this. I mean, Trump is the one who announced to the world that they were raiding his house. This was not leaked to the press beforehand. I don't think the FBI wanted anyone to know this is what they were doing. They wanted um, to turn off the surveillance cameras and stuff, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They yeah. wanted it to be, they wanted to have the element of surprise and, uh, you know, uh, have, have this happen clandestinely until they had decided what they had found to then tell you about it. And again, Donald Trump kind of interrupted that narrative by being like, no, they're at my house. Like, let's all pay attention to this. And everyone was shocked by it. I mean, I don't think anyone had a clear explanation. I think on the left there was a lot of scrambling to come up with like a good reason why they would have done this especially when they knew he wasn't there that was one of the things that bothered me he was it was known that he was in new jersey because of a golf tournament at the time they specifically picked a time when he wouldn't be there to do this the same fbi team that oversaw the russia investigation raids his house to take documents that people are saying was from the russia investigation Mm -hmm. sounds like there's corruption afoot yeah like they've been um, on the track to start this to transition to a new world order, like, you know, re- reduce, I don't know what they're doing with the American military bases, but just like from the liberal world order to the new world order. And Donald Trump was slowing it down. And then so so behind the scenes, they're like, we just don't want him slowing us down. But in public, they're like, he's a villain. So hate him so that you don't elect him again. I mean, he probably he said he was going to dismantle a lot of that stuff anyway in a second term if he ever got one or something like that. That's right. I'm looking forward to it. There we were saying that desperation leads to mistakes. And there's no way we can look at this aside from this was a mistake. They're making moves that suggest that if they didn't do it, they would get dismantled. So we may as well do something really crazy to try to save ourselves, because if we don't, we're going to lose anyway. So they're now they're losing reputation by doing things like this. I think if they're if if we start being honest with ourselves and each other that like yeah it's inevitable man we're globalizing this world is coming together in a new way it, it's we're not going to be the king of the hill American is we're never supposed to be like the top leader ever and we're part of it. Well, I'm okay with America. I mean, I'm ignorant, so when I say this, take it with a grain of salt. I'm okay with America just kind of cooling it off a little bit. Let's focus on ourselves getting it together mm. here for a little while before like it's like that uh verse, not to quote too many things of like uh, it before you tell your friend, "Hey, you've got a plank in your eye." Or no, take you've got a speck, speck of dust. I've got a plank in my eye. How about America cleans its own up, act up before telling the rest of the world how to 
you know, operate themselves. And if the rest of the world wants to drive themselves into a hole and a socialist nightmare, whatever, the Dude. downside to that is that we lose access to resources and, you know, our, our advantage across the planet. But maybe we need to focus on ourselves for a little while um, to clean up. America has been acting like, you know, as this dude who's got a bunch of credit card debt, can't pay it off, keeps taking out more loans instead, and then going around and just yelling at the neighbors about how they got to pay up and give them money. Yeah. And or, they're or it's like, like me going to your house and saying, I don't like where your furniture is. Let me start moving things around. But my house is a mess. Mm, yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, just to be a little bit more specific, the U.S. is just like riddled with debt and then basically just printing money behind the scenes <laughs> to satiate its addictions while criticize. you know, it's just... They're it's either just assuming broken system. All right, so they're going to pass on that debt to the next generation. So maybe they're assuming that the next generation is going to do really good, and we'll be able to, our kids will be able to pay that bill. That's, that's the optimistic way. That's to look modern at it. monetary theory: is that you yeah. print enough, go into deficit, and, and that you are able to build enough industry and yeah. infrastructure that the product starts to outweigh the debt, and eventually you bypass the investiture. Yeah. I don't, the I problem don't, no, no, no. is that we haven't been investing it in industry properly in the last ten years. That's the lie. That's what they want you to think to make it make sense. They want you to think that, no, 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 look, we're going to take out, we're going to deficit spend. I know, you're, you're right, it's bad. But we're going to build these factories and it's going to make up for it. No, they always, there always has to be more debt. There always has to be more debt to keep the machine churning. And all they do is, it's, like a, it's a Ponzi scheme. Remember when Obama did that stimulus where he just basically gave people money? It's like, all right, everybody get free money. Then they did it again. They did it with COVID. It's like, everybody here, more more free money. Now they're talking about how disposable income is so high that people are not working. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And now they're doing debt forgiveness. I look at the student debt forgiveness stuff, and I think it's in line with their policy of just throwing money at people. And I wonder why that is. Well, I also think it's part of their policy of we're going to give you the good headlines, right? But Joe Biden's going to be the I left Afghanistan and canceled student debt president. But it's a soundbite. None of it is real. I mean, as you have said the, the, before. The, I, 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 it's more than that. They gave free money unemployment. They gave free money uh, um, bonus checks. They, they uh, deferred student loans and now they're paying student loans. They're, they're doing a whole bunch of things that basically just distribute wealth to other to 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 people what's well, monopoly money they're just mm -hmm. yeah but like they're flooding the system yeah it's going to cause hyperinflation and destroy it it's it feels like it's on purpose when they announced when Biden's like oh, i'm gonna cancel student debt it's like after you already gave all of these people free money for not working you deferred their payments gave them unemployment guarantees with bonuses on top and they did not pay their debts oh but they didn't have to now their debts are kicking back in. Don't worry, we delayed another four months. And we're going to pay down 10 grand of it. It's like, why didn't they just use the money they were getting for free to pay down what they had to pay down? They just keep throwing money at people. And where's that money coming from? Your pocket. The Federal Reserve. It's what's happening is they're getting it from the Federal Reserve. And then so they'll borrow a buck from the Federal Reserve. But then we owe a dollar and one cent back. So sort where does that one cent come from? S the Federal of. Reserve. So now you owe interest on the money you took out to pay the interest. Sort of. That's the Ponzi scheme. Tax money does go to the federal government. They do use your money and then they deficit spend by borrowing money and doing fractional reserve money creation stuff. But a lot of the money that's being distributed is literally just your tax dollars that went to the government. So the funny thing is right now, these leftists are like, if you forgive student loan debt, you're just erasing the debt from the books. It's like, you are correct. But that means the money that we gave you, our money is not coming back. You have taken our money from us. Now, I'm in favor of getting rid of the interest rates and trying to alleviate the student debt problem for sure. 
But uh, taking money from the working class to pay for the laptop class does not sound like, you know, good policy. Dude. It's they the more steps that you have, it obscures what you're doing and it just confuses people like if I read a headline, I'll just read the headline. I'm not going to really look into it deeply. Most people are very low resolution when it comes to reading the news or even understanding the news. I don't have time to read deeply. That's why I watch the news in the first place. I'll I want the quick uh, the quick story so I can quickly understand what's going on. And the more steps they're doing it on purpose, the more steps are involved. John Doe, you know, going to work every day, nine to five, he's exhausted. He's got his kids. He's got his hobbies. He's tired all the time. He doesn't need to be thinking about all this. Mm -hmm. And some of them, they, they package it in such a way that I'm happy. Oh, minimum wage is now $15. That's great. Yeah. But wait, why is milk now $5 when it used to be $2? Well, let's never forget the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, Joe Biden wants to be the headline president where he's giving you these like, do you remember all those good it's things? It's all surface I level. It all I surface level. He doesn't it. want anyone to look into it. And ultimately, he is causing extreme damage in his wake. But he's going to come around and be like, no, no, the Democrats are the party of reducing inflation and like re and because forgiving students. This is, this is the one thing that would make me want to run for office is that if you're in Congress... You can come out there and be like, I'm proposing the Help the Small Babies Act. Save the kitties. And what does the bill do? It like takes $20 from every paycheck so that I can buy my, myself a house. Like just really egregiously awful things. It would be like the bill just basically says Tim Pool gets $20 of every American's paycheck and will be rich. But it's called like the Save the Dying Children Act. <laughs> like, why won't you vote for this? What's wrong with you? The, the, there was a comic and it's like the Free Beer Act. Yes. You see this one? Yeah. It's like, okay, so when do I get a free beer? And it's like, what do you mean free beer? The Free Beer Act just raises your taxes by 2%. Yeah. <laughs> well, I call it low resolution versus high resolution. Most people, I mean, I'm stealing this from Peterson, sort of, but most people don't have time to, in, in graphics terms, a high resolution image takes more time to render. Uh, so CPU wise, if I have to read a full page of text to understand what this bill is versus just give me the headline, that's the low resolution version. But Oh, the problem with low resolution is you lose resolution. All the detail. Well, and when you see this with articles, it'll have the big headline that's flashy. It'll have the first couple lines that have information. But any in, any information that sort of sways or gives partisan, like if, if a publication wants you to have a certain view on an issue, they put it in the top third of the article because that's as bad as far as you're going to read. Yeah. And all the nuanced details are in the bottom two The bad news is in the... Right. Yeah. Anything that may contradict their claims. And that's because they know that people won't read that far. They just, no. I mean, there's so much media and so much information coming out at all times right now. It's actually very difficult to stay well-informed on everything. Um, so I can't really fault the general public for that, but it no, is how the, the easiest human mind way. Works. Right, it's the easiest way to sway someone. But they're playing, they're playing the game in such a way that like Democrats, I'll give them credit for this, most people don't have time to think about things this deeply. The average person, you can call them stupid, but actually they're just busy probably. Mm -hmm. That's why with, I mean, not to toot my own horn too much, but that's why comics work so well is because they say like, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, let's say. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. 
but my comics have four panels. So the my one thousand words. Yeah. Wow. So it's like a zip file. I don't remember if I've told said this before. A comic is like a zip file. It's cross referencing with like hyperlinks that you already made. You might have read a story about this. Now you're seeing four images that are related to that story. But now you're thinking about other things that these images are now recalling memories from your memory, and you're now filling in the blanks. So my four images are now giving you a full essay in the span of five seconds, maybe less. That's why images are so powerful, and that's why headlines are powerful, and that's why Twitter, I've said this forever, Twitter is comics. Yeah. It's just every tweet is, is yeah. like a panel. You're scrolling, you're scrolling. You're getting maybe an image. That's why I will often attach an image to my tweets yeah. because it makes you stop scrolling. What's this image? It's very shocking to look at when I work so, for a p- r- real quick we, we pulled this uh, uh, this uh, panel up this comic from George this comic. we have this comic <laughs> hanging on our wall it's right to the left of George actually you can't see it but it's Joe Biden and he says it is estimated that by that 200 it is estimated that 200 million people will die by the time I finish that talk and that time is now and then he fires force lightning from his hands and just electrocutes everyone in the, in the crowd. It's hilarious. And they're like, Biden. their eyes are glowing. There's lightning everywhere. <laughs> this is um, like a misspeak of Biden, too. He I literally think. said this. Yeah. yeah. He, he literally that. said. Well, he didn't has, say this time is now. But. No, I know. <laughs> but that's the point. Like, yeah. people who see this are going to be like, what's this about? Yeah. And then someone's going to say, like, that first panel is an actual quote from well, Joe Biden. He was talking Biden. about COVID deaths, I believe. And yes. that he accidentally said 200 million when he meant, what, 200,000 sure. or no, 2 no, no. million? No, no, no. What he something. meant was, he said, it is estimated. What he meant to say was, it is estimated that by the time I finish this talk, there will be... Yeah, no, you're right. He, he was going to say, by the time I finish this talk, X amount of people will have died. Yeah. Right. But it was like only 200,000 or something. It was a lower number. But he but, said but 200 million. He said, no, 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 no. he said, will die, not will have died. Oh, God. So, so it's, All his tenses are wrong. It keeps, <laughs> right. it keeps getting better. That's why it's important to have a good editor. I know, right? Thanks for bringing this up. <laughs> but I just love how he just... The, the last panel of the guy screaming with like... He's like... Ah! <laughs> being electrocuted by Biden's force lightning. So what we're doing is as we're scrolling, let's say I see this in my Twitter. Nobody ever thinks about this, but it's what comics is. <laughs> I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I see someone getting electrocuted. I laugh. I'm now bypassing all the firewalls and you're like, uh, I don't remember what the frontal, frontal cortex. cortex. I'm going straight to your amygdala. I'm going mm. into your deep brain. You're laughing. You don't even know why yet. Now you're reading and now you're downloading that zip file that I gave you. And it says Valor Margulis on yeah. his... Uh, Harris no, Biden. Harris I love Biden. It. <laughs> yeah. I, love it. I, I don't so. know the neurology about laughter and how it affects... Same you. with crying and, and fear. If I go boo, you, you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to be scared. It's just a reflex. This, so, is, this, this, this plays into what we were talking about earlier with why you know we, we're doing music. We're tr- like creating funny, relatable, or entertaining spaces. That's what the arts are. This is what regular people associate with. Mm-hmm. This is what I was explaining earlier on uh, one of my segments when I was shouting out the song we did. When I used to do nonprofit fundraising, if, if you saw somebody like Ian in the street and you walked up to him and went, excuse me, search this moment of your time and shook his hand and said, no, I got a proposal for you right now. He'd be like, bro, what, what are you talking about? You got to walk up to someone like Ian and go, bro, high five him and be like, listen here, bro. You want to save the trees, right? Every day. You got to talk to, you have to to meet people where they are. Relatable. You can't walk up to a guy in a suit looking like Ian and then being like, sup, bro. You want to save some trees? He's going to be like, I'm I'm busy. I have no idea. You got to walk up to the guy who's a no-nonsense guy and be no-nonsense. Listen, I'll get five seconds. We got to save trees. I need you to pitch in. You're going to do it. Check my hand, buddy. You you, you have to meet people where they are. To the left credit. um. If you go to someone 
with a MAGA hat on and a Trump flag and start saying, listen, you need to understand Donald Trump Donald, and, and Joe Biden, they're going to be like, I have no idea who you are. I don't know what you're on about. And I, this is confusing to me. But if you approach them from where they are, you know, you, you notice that they've got like a, a Cubs hat. You could be like, Cubs, what up, man? You're from Chicago? I'll be like, oh, dude, I got family from Chicago. Meet them where they are, open a conversation, and then find out where you can, you can come together and you can share those important ideas. That's what art does. Mm -hmm. People will see this, and whether you're political or not, it's funny, Joe Biden's electrocuting a bunch of people. But it it also, opens the door. It can stimulate things like empathy. Here's a story that maybe you wouldn't have been open to the message of the story, but I have told it in such a way that now you're... Oh, yeah, I do relate to those characters. I do feel bad for them or I do feel what they're feeling. And now I'm starting to think the way they are. I, I relate to Joe Biden here wanting to use force lightning to vaporize 200 million people. <laughs> Just coming out like, of him. Yeah. Okay. I saw that. and I was like, ah, I know exactly how you feel, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, I, think, think, I think we have this illusion that people are more politically engaged because politics has seeped into so much of our culture. It's in our pop. It's in our popular culture. It's uh, bled into art. We, we, we hear about a lot. And I think that's true even of people who don't work in my field uh but actually most people aren't that interested they do like comics they like things that are more accessible to them so i think you're totally right that having something if i if i were to send someone a cnn headline or a fox news headline you know they might already have their guard up whereas art or something that they're interested in a, on a medium that they're already scrolling through twitter yeah. is much more accessible and also more enjoyable because they don't feel like they're going to be immediately sorted into some sort of category. Well, the news a lot of the time is very dry and I, I just don't want to download all this information. But mm -hmm. if I'm online scrolling, maybe I'm on the toilet or something, I'm on the bus, I just want right. to be entertained. I want to laugh. I want to smile. I want to see something interesting. I want to be I entertained was, when I'm on the toilet. That's right. You know, I, I used to have these things called bathroom readers my, <laughs> my, that were like at my house. And they're just books full of random trivia yeah. that you're like you're supposed to read when you're taking a dump. Yeah, I got one it's of fantastic. my bathrooms says, "What uh, what is your poo telling you?" Is the name of the book? Okay, well that's, <laughs> that's not really what I was reading. The book I read yeah, was just like were. it was called The Bathroom Reader, and it had on the bottom of every page a factoid, and then it had chapters of like random stories and legends and facts, and it just filled my brain up with random nonsense. Is that why you know the name of that law? Betridge's well, that's law a, that's a journalism thing. Oh, you know, I hate I, I despise the corporate press so much. That I've like, I, I, yes, men, how, how can I criticize them today? What do you guys think about removing titles from bills? Just having them numbered? I think we get too confusing. I think bills should be chopped up into the individual things that they're trying to pass and not turned into omnibuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, Confederates had that, didn't they? They did, yeah. This is actually really interesting. They had something that said something like it has to be a really short summary. One of page, blurb. something yeah. like they're that. They're busy. One, That's one issue. Short. Can address yeah. one issue. Exactly. But, then what, but they know they can't uh, inject all their stupid crap in there. Because exactly. you could even with one section of a bill, you could still call it the happy, lucky bill and then all about you people. You give me a hundred bucks. It's a bill called down. like the saving Ian and helping him live a happy life bill, but the bill calls for the imprisonment. Yeah, for me to chop wood all day. Yeah, like yeah. to be imprisoned. <laughs> and then it's like, well, because they, we think it's that'll good be good for him. For him. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You think you're helping. I don't like the day. names. They're very manipulative. All yeah. the Patriot Act. Come on. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's garbage. And but people fall for it. There was one more thing I wanted to add on that subject, too, is the fact that the left has annexed all of the arts. It was not an accident. They know that people are bored of news. The only way to, it's like Inception, to give you the thoughts that I want to give you, I'm going to tell you a story or a parable. So they will spend millions and bazillions of dollars uh, creating movies, writing stories, uh, songs, anything related to the arts. And that's why they've taken over all of the arts. I'm not joking. They've taken over all of the arts because that's how you can persuade people without even 
They don't even know it. And they know that it's much harder to convince someone who does know to invest in those spaces. Mm -hmm. What do you see across the board among those who are aware of what's going on? Everything they do is political. We're, we're, you know, this, this, is, this is what frustrates me. We get a bunch of really great songs. And, and I'm saying it's bad. You know, the, the top ranking songs, overtly political. FJB, like three different FJB songs reached up. Okay, that's still a net positive because regular people will see like, how, how come the top songs are FJB? But they're not going to convince most people. It does create some awareness. People who are aware, red-pilled, whatever you want to call it, you're, it's harder to convince them to say like, hey, subscribe to a, 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 a children's channel that's like family education content because they're going to be like, how is this engaging in, in the battle to, to, to fight against these ideas? Because it seems counterintuitive. But it's exactly what the left has been doing to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars. For decades, mm -hmm. maybe a For century, decades. over a century. I mean, they did it to Hollywood. They're doing it with music. I mean, when we were kids, they were always talking in church about, oh, all this music's all about sex all the time. But we are now seeing what happens when culture's hypersexualizing young people, mm -hmm. let's say. We're seeing what happens when that is unchecked. We don't know. Like, I love manga, for instance. If I go to the manga section, like, a lot of young people love it and stuff. But those stories are actually, a lot of them can be pretty raunchy and, like, super rated, you know, X and stuff like that. I could go to a local library. I was telling a young person in my life, hey, you should go to the library and read these mangas, but definitely don't read these ones. Mm. I can't stop them from doing that. But when they have access to entertainment that is, let's say, let's say there's an agenda to push certain subjects on young people, especially because mm. when they grow up, they will be more permissive towards these subjects. The parents don't even know what these kids have access to. No, they don't. I also the, think the art used to be a polite way, like in polite culture, you wouldn't discuss politics or yeah. anything too controversial. So you talk about art, you talk about what's going on. And that was an easy way for certain ideologies to route into daily conversation. Sneaking they in just there. jumped around it. And because things are more blurred and because we have so many, um, you know, I'm thinking like celebrities who come out with these big public statements about their political beliefs, uh, it's actually not the perfect escape route it once was. And I think it's waking conservatives up to the fact that like they abandoned this space before they even knew yep, they yeah. could use it. I mean, they well, say, hold on, Ian, Ian, what's the, what was the number one song right now? You looked it up. Remember? Oh yeah, I have it pulled up. You have it pulled up. Um, only Ever Wanted, I believe, by no. Tim Cass. No. No. Oh. <laughs> we wish, we not wish. Uh, Super Freaky Girl by Nicki Minaj. Okay, uh, well, I wonder what that's about. Honestly, I, I don't know, but it sounds like- looking pretty sexy in that picture, that's for re sure. Remember right. when Ben Shapiro rapped that famous song, Wet Ass Pussy? Yeah, yeah. And it, it actually was really funny because he like read the lyrics and then someone took him reading it and put it on his song. Actually really funny. Yeah, hilarious. But, um, have, do you wonder why it is that when you look at the top, tr like the top tracks so often, the songs are like not appropriate for kids mm -hmm. or that you actually have some artists that gloat and laugh at the idea that your kids listen to the horrible things they're talking about in this music? Dude, don't ask me why, but the right abandoned this space a long time ago. And it probably has something to do with telling, telling kids like, you don't want to be a musician. That's a waste of a career. Like you need to grow up and be a doctor or run a business. They don't think that art, the arts, and I've been trying to convince them for the longest time. The arts are not a good investment, they might say. But there's that saying of uh, politics are downstream from culture. When most young people who have more time than anybody else to consume media or anything like that, watch movies, uh, anything, music, they have access to anything that you want to put into their brains without any supervision whatsoever. 
Yeah, I think conservatives on some level too uh, reward seriousness or what they perceive as seriousness. And so often when you're interested in creative activities, it's like, well, unless you can prove to me that you can make money off this right away, you know, it's yeah. it's a it's something you do on the side and you enjoy the fun. Whereas like, uh, you know, a credit to my friends who grew up in really liberal households, their parents when they were passionate about something did take basically everything seriously. Um, and, you know, there are pros and cons to both approaches, but I think that leaves the door open to people feeling like your art is incredibly important. You have to pursue it to to the point where it becomes influential. Whereas, you know, often the other, the other approach is to say like, wait until you have the funds to finance your life as an art no, when I, when, I, when I was younger, the, the liberals in, where I grew up were basically saying, you can do whatever you want to do, dream, dream big. You can, you know, you want to be an actor, you want to play video games, whatever it is you want to do. The conservatives in my life were much more like, just work hard, get a good job and make money. Mm-hmm. And There's then no happens? fun in there. But you get a lot of people. So I know I, I, there are people that I knew that were very much into the arts when they were younger, but they had very conservative parents. You know, I went to Catholic school for a little bit. And where are they now? They have family, they have some kids. And, and really, really, I'm, I'm, they're, they're very happy, good for them. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're, you know, they, they're leading a good life. And they're doing right by their kids. But this also means that many of these kids did not pursue the arts that they were involved in. And thus, the people who did end up, why is it they all do drugs all the time? Where is it, you know, that where are the rock stars who are just like, oh, man, I'm sober. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I'm just about living a good life and doing right by my friends and family and my community. Sure. That's like a rare thing to hear in like celebrity culture in Hollywood. They're doing drugs. They're like, you know, just raunchy you get it a yeah have of- you ever seen the sorry oh, uh, have you ever seen the documentary the other f-word it's about these punk rockers who like become fathers and kind of oh what my. their experience is it's it's really good uh and a lot of them talk about there's one in particular who talks about like being on tour all the time and like partying and the, the culture that comes with that and he's like but the thing is like when you have kids like you may be up until 4 a.m doing drugs doing whatever but like your baby's gonna be up at six and you you have to get up with it mm-hmm. and so it's a shift in mindset and i think that uh it is one of the challenges of being an artist or you know a lot of careers have this but like you have to sacrifice when you have other demands in your life and i think a lot of uh, especially popular left-leaning artists now don't have those kind of responsibilities because they defer becoming parents. And so they can c- continue to pursue this path and push the ideology. I, I want to say the right is learning, but I don't know if that's the really what's happening. I think what's happening is there are liberals who are joining the right. That people who are used to be into the arts and fairly left-leaning who are either forced out or who, who saw how crazy the left was getting and moved out. So... There, there's um, this the, this movie coming out, My Son Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what it is? My Son Hunter, yeah. I think it's called. It's called. And um, the dude who put it together, I think he's the guy from Goonies, right? I'm Which not sure. Guy? That's what you told uh, me. Robert Davey? Yeah, that's all I know is what yeah. you told me. Yeah. The guy from Goonies. So I'm thinking what's happening is that there are people who had the skills and know how to make this content start realizing how crazy things are getting and are bringing that art and culture to the right. And the right needs to support and embrace it like, like the Daily Wire, they get it. Yeah. They, they've repeatedly said that we're not making political stuff. We're just making shows and movies, and they're buying movies because they get it. I think Jeremy, all those guys, man, Mike, Michael, Jeremy, um, they're an example of, like, perceptive tolerance. Uh, I'm not on the left. I mean, I was, like, a, I guess you'd say a leftist. I was a liberal, like, 
wacky zany artist my whole life and i just left because it was like don't tell me i have white privilege you know you got to use better words than that if you want to communicate with me yeah. but i'm not going to be sitting told that i'm a i'm an evil i'm a demon i'm not living that way mm. uh so i disassociated from those people but people like jeremy doesn't get, like he just listen, loves listen. people you know he just likes cool people they hired a disney executive yeah. to be their chief marketing really officer cool. that means that this disney executive now reports to a man who goes to church on sunday fascinating that's seriously taken over the space and taken it away from them so I hope they can continue to grow and expand because the Daily Wire really needs those smart TV apps. I know we do too, but I can just say like with the amount of resources they have, you know, they're going to get there before we do. But we've been having a bunch of meetings about getting our mobile apps and our TV apps so that you can watch what shows we have uh, as soon as possible, you know, on your TVs. I'm glad you brought up drugs earlier. I think that that's an important part of art and culture and has been since the dawn of humanity. And uh, part of why there's a stagnancy in the industry right now is from all the pharmaceutical drugs that have taken the place of THC, which has been illegal for a hundred years for stupid, you know, Anslinger made it illegal with that. What was that? William Randolph Hearst printing all his propaganda to make weed illegal because he owned all the paper mills and he didn't want hemp newspapers anymore. He wanted paper newspapers. Um, so they, they like colluded and then got weed made illegal. And now they're, you know, we had the resurgence with the LSD thing in the 60s. And you saw the Beatles, Elvis. I mean, he was coked out of, I don't know what drugs Elvis was on, but I know he was on a lot of them. And all the, the amazing, beautiful art created in the 60s and 70s was like part of the drug revolution. Well, part of the, I, the uh, allure of drugs. I mean, I'm speaking as an artist in air quotes. Uh, I don't drink, I don't do drugs or anything like that. But I'm still very much... I understand that the whole point of drugs to these people is to expand your mind, make the world more interesting, like see the truth behind, you know, people talk about uh, DMT and all that stuff. And I hear I'm interested in the stories. I'm not going to do it myself. But the whole idea is creating, uh, you could say there's that personality trait openness and all that stuff. Openness to new experiences. And generally the right is not super open to new experiences because their position is that life is good enough. Why change things? Mm. But by our nature, artists are explorers and we need to be able to go to places that are forbidden, uh, even if it's like illegal, if I'm going to smoke some whatever, because I want to see what happens because I don't want to be stagnant. That's where you get that term rolling stone, which is ironic because now the left is now the stagnant side of things and the rolling stone which gathers no moss is now the right we're looking for a new way to move into the next century it's the pro well, let's, problem let's, with artists and why a lot of artists fail is because of the over exploration and the obsessiveness with drugs like they don't know where to out. put it down you need mm. balance well, and you have to be able to set it aside to create business if you, you want to be a successful artist you yeah. mentioned uh illegality and there's a few very important things about this i talk about quite a bit the law doesn't matter as much as the culture does there are many things that are overtly illegal that our culture permits and completely is in movies is totally it's considered totally fine. I started watching Breaking Bad because I, I never actually watched it. I've only watched parts of it. And it's funny how in the first season, Walter White, who has he's, the main character, has got lung cancer. So he's like he claims to be smoking pot and they're all shocked by it. Mm -hmm. It's like it's so weird because you go to any major city, even before decriminalization and legalization, everybody. It was like movies talked about it. Look at the movie Half Baked, Half Baked. With Dave Chappelle. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A movie outright about a bunch of stoners. Like that movie is literally a cultural icon. And it's about a bunch of dudes committing repeated felonies. Like it's a crazy idea if you think about it. I thought Breaking Bad was uh, cancer propaganda, like the cancer industry propaganda. Because in the show, he's always like, I need to get the treatment. And the idea is if he ever gets the treatment, the cancer will be gone. Have you watched it? I watched like eight episodes of it. I don't think you it. watched it. Yeah, I watched no, him obsessed the first season, with the treatment. He's, he's like, I refuse. I won't he's take like, it. I want to get, and then he's like, I need to get the treatment. His wife's like, you got to get the treatment. It's no, all about no, the no, treatment. No, no, no. Wasn't no, it he no. couldn't afford it? And then weed only, was, all only, of a sudden weed was bad in me, the movie. Let me just, in the show. Uh, th- that's true, but I just want to say like, I'm only on like episode seven and a lot of people probably know more, <laughs> but he outright says to her, I will not spend the rest of my days lying there listlessly gagging, I won't do it. Well, the, the premise of the first season, spoiler, I guess, alert, is that he's trying to get money to pay for the cancer treatment. That's the kind of the premise of the show and what yeah. leads him into the drug industry. Uh, I, I I, don't think that's that's true. That's why he's making meth is to get money I to don't buy think the, you treat, watched the, the show. cancer treatment. He turns down free money. Yeah, yeah, but he's, you know, his no, wife it, wants him to get the treatment. It's and then his, his, his colleague the says, I'll pay for everything. And he says, no. And it's more so about he breaks free from, he, he, he's like, I'm awake now. And that's in like episode two. He, his, his business partner comes and says, don't worry, everything's covered. And he goes, no. He rejects it and then says, I don't want the treatment. I will not spend my last days lying in bed as a burden to you. I won't do it. Then she convinces him to do it. And then it's sort of about how he's, he wants this money, but he gets way, like instantly, he gets way more money than he needs. I don't think the show is about him uh, I'm again, I'm only on like episode seven, but it's like uh, right away before he's even doing the drug dealing, he's talking about how good he feels breaking the law. And then he bangs his wife outside of a, of a school meeting. And she's like, why was it so good? He goes, because it was illegal. It's not, he doesn't need the money. I think that was a the point they're trying to make. No, he needs the treatment. He te- well, okay, okay, we're, we're being told that he well, needs, really, if we're he looking gets the at, treatment, then it will be cured is what we're being well, I can only, Walter I can, Wright is two characters, though. He's not just Walter Wright. He's also Heisenberg. So right. you're looking at the Carl Jung thing of the man versus his shadow and who mm. eventually takes over. I don't want to spoil anything. But it's really, you've got the... Milk toast, whatever. There, the Walter White is, you know, fairly timid, and then the Heisenberg comes out of him in the later seasons as he becomes more aggressive, and he finds people who test him. He essentially has to put Walter White away and become this other person in order to survive. Because now, in the first season, he's fighting cancer, but in the future seasons, he's fighting people who are not only threatening his life, but people around him. So I'm again, like I'm only in the beginning seasons, but it's very obvious from the very first episodes that what's driving him is the exhilaration he gets from being put in these like he's yeah, a that's, adrenaline rush. That's the Heisenberg character starting yeah. to emerge. That's an interesting philosophy. When it's the my, symbol of I'm embrace my shadow is taking over me now. I saw this episode when it first aired, the uh, Fulminated Mercury episode, and it's just so good. Have you seen that one? He goes to Tuco. And then he's like, he, where he goes tight, tight. He goes walk up, and then he's he's like, I want fifty thousand dollars. And then then he starts laughing. He's like, thirty five for the meth you stole, and fifteen for my partner's, you know, uh, pain and suffering. He's a gangster. And then Tuco laughs, and he's like, You come here, you make demands, you bring more meth. And he's like, 
He grabs it. It's not meth. And then he throws it and it explodes. <laughs> when he gets back in the car, he goes, Rah! Yeah. yeah, it was very much about that's, him that's feeling Walter White powerful. Yeah. yeah. He's not but, he's not Walter White anymore. But but anyway, my point was just oh, that the character's right. actually called White. The name is White, like White Light. Yeah, I'm sure that's know. on purpose. My, my point was just that a lot of people claim the show is about a guy who's dying of cancer and needs money for a treatment. But No, no, not that the whole show's about that. I'm just saying that insidious never, message was in there, I thought. But it's not. Well, it was in the first season for it, sure. No, they you're, were you're wrong. That's the purpose. That's why he got into the whole thing to begin. That was the inciting incident was that's, he got cancer. They needed to get a, an expensive cancer treatment. Where am I going to get the money? He didn't want the treatment. He refused it. But his wife wanted it because we were and, being told. And, he, and, and, and Walter before, is being told. Before that happened, because I don't think and you Walter's watched, in denial. Like, you know. I'm, I'm just confused. I, 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 did you watch it or not? I watched eight, about seven eight, or eight episodes. Because I literally like I watched. Earlier. I'm watching it last night. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But he goes to his partner's house. And he says, I will pay for everything. And Walter says, no. And then he tells his family in the next well, scene. Well, that's Heisenberg talking. But then in the next scene, he says, I'm not going to live this way. Mm. It, he, do, he doesn't need to sell meth to pay for the treatment. The point was he was choosing to be, to, to he, he was exhilarated by being this bad guy. That happens, yeah. But in like the first three episodes, he's not. He's like a hump, a weak guy, and he's like, "I'm scared." And his wife's like, "I'm scared. Get the money. We need money. We need money. You need the treatment." And the, I was like, the, "God, the, so much." Because I know chemo can destroy bodies. I'm pretty, like, that's my point. I'm pretty sure the entire reason he started collecting money was not for the treatment, was but to give his family money. So like, yeah, that's it, what it, I, right. I've never you're seen. Right. I've only it, seen a couple episodes, but that's what I thought it was. I thought he wanted to be able to like. He didn't want to go out like you know chemo is really demanding on the body he didn't want to be suffering and like kind of undignified yeah. and he i could be totally wrong but i don't remember how many kids he has but like he wanted to leave them with something and that is goes into the like well if i know that i'm ultimately gonna die like what do i have to oh lose? yeah that was another thing i didn't like was that's the, the first cancer episode, was they were acting like cancer was a death sentence i don't like that propaganda but okay, well, it's well, really a study of what would you do if you were in this situation so so he has stage three lung cancer or something probably too much cheese metastasized perhaps and i think like the first episode his motivation for selling the drugs was because he wanted to give his family money and then when he died they'd have something not that he wanted to save himself Mm. when his partner offers to pay for it all he says no i don't want it and then he goes and he walks out with a bag of 50 grand he's Mm -hmm. now he's doing it because it's making him feel good but i don't think it he ends up starting to get the treatment because his wife begs him to do it but it was the, he. He had the money, and then it, I, I didn't watch this far. But I, well, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil any more of it. Uh, oh, it's, I, it's, it's well, a I've fourteen-year-old show, you know. Yeah. All right. So the reason the whole like show is popular anyway. Why do Why do people love the anti-hero archetype so much? The idea of becoming. There are things that we can do, all of us, that are dark and cruel and wrong that would benefit us in the short term. But why don't we do it? Because we live in a society it would be wrong to do it but what happens if someone gets pushed how can you it, 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 that's why the show's popular it asks you what would have to happen to you to push you beyond the point where it's like i don't care if this is wrong anymore i'm going to do whatever it takes to get mine but then the show also i think it dropped a ball in the later seasons it doesn't ask what are the consequences of all the things like how does it affect all the people that you victimized, let's say. We're going to go to Super Chats if you haven't already instead yeah, of debating wait. Breaking Bad. Uh, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel and share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com, become a member. But also, uh, it would be a great help to us if you would click the link in the description below and purchase the song Only Ever Wanted, 69 cents. It is, it is, it is cost effective and easy to get. 
and we actually don't need that much to act to to have an impact in the in the music space. I think that uh, you know if everybody watched, spent that sixty nine cents, the good number, right? Elon Musk would love it. Then uh, we would force these institutions to recognize that you know we can make moves in this space, and at the very least, let them retreat from it. Tom McDonald has been absolutely destroying the music industry in in, in a way that. They're forced to write articles about him, and they're they're like, "Is conservative rap a thing?" And it's like, "Oh, surprise, surprise!" Sure I don't even think the dude's a conservative. I think he's just pointing out y'all are nuts, and it's working. But Christian metal is a thing. <laughs> Christian metal, but it's it's not about. I think it's not like. Look, if you want really effective Christian music, look at Creed. They were they were big Christians, weren't they? They were. I, believe, I have heard yeah. that. Yes, but they wrote songs that appealed to regular yeah. people, oh, and it worked for them. So it's almost like Christians are people. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. But, but, crazy but look thing. if you write a song where you outright like you know raise your hands and praise praise the that's, lord that doesn't no nobody can relate to it that's exactly. not already doing Limited but if you eyes. say arms wide open i welcome yeah. you to this world or whatever or just write a love song exactly yeah. Yeah. all right ready to rumble says tim literally paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to get people to play with him in a band <laughs> i did not nearly spend that much money what but um, we're putting we're, we're investing heavily. Maybe I should do like an announcement like Daily Wire did and be like, we're dedicating X you know, amount of dollars towards. And for the record, record I played people. music with Tim before he ever paid me any money. Yeah. And it's just the company that pays us both. And we're actually, so the way, like we, we are paying a lot of money to get people to, to play music, but uh, we're going to be producing other people's music at our cost. So it's like, you know, Ian's got songs he's going to record that are his own thing that we are paying for him to do. You guys are so amazing. Ian's got a really good song. What's that song that I really Frequent like? Frequent Measure. Frequent and there's measure. versions of it on YouTube. Check out if you want to hear. But I, I can't wait to do it with, with Pete on drums. I'm, the guy's a maniac. Justin Justin says, bro, good song. Gave me goosebumps. Thank you. I really, really do appreciate it. Paul Thongham says, listen to the new single. It was good. Then see your song it for 69 cents. I see what you did there. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't do anything. <laughs> you get three options. 69 cents, 99 cents, or $1.29. And of course. What we want is maximum sales. We're less concerned about making a bunch of money off the music, but that's the lowest you can sell it for. Sell so it for $4.20. That's a lot to sell a song for. <laughs> you know that's what? How much they'll, they'll people sell the are crazy for. and they would do it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, when, when, because we're in the era of streaming and no longer purchasing, purchase, purchasing is 150 times that of a stream. So it's like 69 cents is the equivalent of listening to the song 150 times, Jeez. which is just like massively powerful. Maybe for we can do 10 song. songs at 69 cents each or get the album for $4 and 20 cents. Do you ever, that's a good idea. Yeah, do you guys consider yeah. doing physical copies, like sign yes. stuff? Maybe we're going to do I vinyls. Happen. Send them goodies. Yeah. I want to do vinyls. Cool cover. Signed yep. up. Laser etched. Yeah. All sorts of cool ideas. We're going to get, we're getting a, a machine to print our own vinyls. Nice. Yeah. So you can, uh, you can record yourself. You can go in and press record and it'll scratch the vinyl in real time. And it, it goes for like two and a half minutes, I think. But then we can also put, you know, we can't put, this song's four and a half minutes long. Mm. So, you know. All right. Prefer Rumble says, when we live in a time where definitions are changed and truth is ignored in order to steer the narrative. How do we present the truth in ways to bust the narrative? Any tips for breaking the ice? I will tell you this. As I was saying earlier, you have to meet people where they are. You can't expect them to come to where you are. So breaking the ice is actually simple. The first step towards making friends and influencing people is rapport, meaning find a way that you and someone else can connect. That's the, that's the easiest way to do it. When I used to do fundraising, it was, it was actually really easy. You'd see somebody wearing a band t-shirt and whatever the band was, you would just 
oh man, you're wearing a Metallica, uh, Metallica, bro. I used to, Enter Sandman was like the second song I ever learned how to play. Oh, what a good song. That's that's true though. Dun, 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 and I was a little kid and I was like, I could play that. It was it was like easy enough, but cool enough. I was really excited and I was like, yeah, look, I can play this song. But you you meet you see someone, you open with that and you you build rapport. Like, hey, look, we share this in common. You know, we are people. We are together. That's how you break the ice. Once you have. Once you have a rapport with people, now they're willing to listen because they, they, they feel that you're operating in good faith. So there are a lot of people I know who are like on the left and they might say nasty things to me, but I only respond with nice things and support for their work and it opens the door and then we can have that conversation. And I can't change their minds and convince them overnight that some of these ideas are crazy, but I can show them news articles, which will show them, you know, maybe I was wrong about that, at least a little bit. Yeah, I get the uh, whenever someone says something that I'm relating to, like say we have dinner and we're talking about it, they say something I don't agree with. Rather than say no, I won't, I do not, I do not negate what they're saying. I'll say interesting, and then maybe offer some other idea. I think as well. the other thing is like if people start saying like don't stay quiet, you don't have to argue. But like if someone is like, oh, I really believe this, you can ask them more about it and be honest about how you feel about it. I think so often people are afraid of conflict that they just don't say like, well, I don't, I don't see it that way. Yeah. Well, a lot of conversation is, I mean, if you think of two cities trying to interact with each other, if you come at someone with your shield up and they put their shield up, there's not going to be a lot of exchange of, Hey, let's shake hands. Now they're going to be, they're going to have their firewalls up. So let's say you got two cities that are trading a little bit. You get to know each other, you trust each other. So when you make friends, you're really just trying to like, I don't know you guys ultra well, but the more time I spend with you, the more I like you, the more maybe I'll open up. Initially, when I first met you guys, my defenses were up. I was scared, you know. But we so, actually fought. We boxed. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah. yeah. Do you suggest... I remember. Friendly, friendly... No, the first time I, I came here, uh, maybe a year or something ago, I remember I was asking, hey, should I wear a mask? And yeah. the first thing I think you asked me uh, was... Uh, do you think all people are the same or something like, do you think some people are better than others? I'm like, <laughs> nice to meet you, Tim. That's a Michael I like Malice show. thing. Right. So it was very shocking to me. So it put my guard up and then, you know, hours and hours of talking later, it's like, okay, now I'm relaxed. It was fine. Just, it was, so when you meet new people for the first time, you have to sort of feel their frequency and then adjust your frequency. He, and now you're talking to each other. Yeah. When he came up to the studio, he actually went to the corner of the room, curled up into a little ball. Yeah. And then we had started to, crying. We had to coax, we, yeah. We, we had to coax him out. <laughs> yeah. Well, they showed and, me the chickens and I, I it's your picture, George. It's your, you drew this. <laughs> All right. Sarah Gent says, I love your new song. Has anyone ever told you that you sound like Chester Bennington? Somebody said that I, last night. I've never heard that until now. I will add singing this song. It was extremely difficult because the way I wrote it was more singer-songwriter folk, and then Carter produced and engineered it in a way that I had not initially written it, which required me to sing in a way I don't normally do. But I really love when people are like, I can't, that's not really Tim singing, that's, it's literally me. And um, for a lot of people are like, how did he pull that off? I had to sing this one like 30 times. <laughs> it, was, it was nuts. Like I had to go into the studio with Carter like 30 times and keep trying it and trying it and missing and missing, because it is just not my normal range but we have a couple songs it's not, not so much that I'm a normal range but the better way to put it is I can do it I am not practiced in this style of falsetto switching breathy higher so uh, I don't think I would normally ever sound like Chester Bennington when I'm singing my other songs but listen to Will of the People and maybe I don't know tell me what you think I think what they're experiencing when they hear you sing the, the haters it's like an un uncanny valley thing like you're the news guy 
But wait, he also, it's like when you see your teacher at the grocery store. It's yeah. like, wait, you have other hobbies? That's weird. I don't like it. I'm scared. You know, what's really funny is uh, when you look at the, so I have, a, I have I use VidIQ and it shows me on a YouTube video whenever something is posted to Reddit. You can just click it and it shows you all the Reddit posts. So I can see, and I'm like, I'm, I'm commenting on people on Reddit. They're smack talking and they're, they're saying like bald move Tim writing a song like this. And it's like, it's funny jokes and whatever. And I'm just like, I don't care. You can rag on me. And, uh, but it's funny how it's like, we got half a million views on the song in a day and it's overwhelming thumbs up. We're getting hit up by a ton of people. We, we, we've been getting hit by like major label uh, affiliated companies and artists that are like, this is really good stuff. And what people got to understand that releasing a song and getting half a million hits right away is kind of a big deal. It's not like you're, you're going to be like one of these big artists or whatever, mm -hmm. but the left is attacking it and it really does show how isolated they are. Because it's like, listen, dude, if you come out and start laughing and pointing and saying, ha, look, everyone, look how dumb it is. And they're all sitting there being like, actually, we kind of like it. it. It kind of shows the emperor has no clothes. Honestly, mm -hmm. if I hear a song I don't like, I don't say anything about it. I don't and listen I turn to it, it off and I don't listen yeah. to it. I definitely wouldn't comment a, on a YouTube video about it. It's a strange amount of effort to go out of your way to be like, I really don't like this. <laughs> it's, like, it's okay. There's team. that saying, like the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. Yeah. So if I really like, I'm not going to go up to somebody and say, hey, I, I don't think you're attractive. I don't like you. I bet if, you know, because the Ethan Klein people are posting it on a subreddit. I don't think Ethan Klein would hate the song. I don't think he's going to sit there and be like, haha, because I don't like Tim Pool, the song is stupid. The Destiny subreddit, they're actually like, actually, it's not that bad. They're like, good job, Beanie Boy. And I'm like, that's like, these people have an honest approach to it. Yeah. You know, they don't have to like me or agree with me. But I, th I think a lot of these these lefties, if they actually listen to it, would be like, yeah, you know, it's it's a pretty good song. It's, it's whatever. I don't expect them to like the genre or anything like that, but it's like a well-produced thing. They just want you to stay in your box. They want you to not be able to touch the arts. Yeah. Rulers of Stars says, you see that cover by some black guy? It's hot. Love, you love your one, too. Good job, Mr. Banks. Um, I, I, I saw it. I didn't listen to it, but uh, I'd love to have him on the show. That'd be great. We can we can talk about it. All right. Jerkwad says, I think that the World Economic Forum wants to rule the world, but BRICS also wants the same. The two are clashing with one another. Lucky for us, they suck at it. I think the World Economic Forum wants to control the world, and BRICS formed because of it, partly because of it, to resist the, the accesses of, of you know NATO or whatever. Yeah, it seems like that's true. All right. What do we got here? Just a lot of... Uh, we initially got a whole bunch of super chats. I really do appreciate everybody super chatting about the song because, you know, it's great. And uh, just got to get those sales. Fleeting Floating Feather says, Have Amazon Prime but purchased the MP3 of Only Ever Wanted for 69 cents to show my support. Great song. Waiting patiently for Bright Eyes to drop. There's actually a small snippet of Bright Eyes on my Instagram. And it's like a lot, and that was from months and months ago because the song's been done for a while, but we're just plotting out our release dates. The next song that's being released is going to be right before the midterms, I believe, and it's an overtly political song, more rock, kind of punky in, in a certain sense, but not really. And it's just overtly political. It's about the institutions and uh, it sounds pretty good. Very simple, fun, upbeat, but kind of brutal. Got kind of a doo-wop flair, you think? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, um, like rock doo-wop or something. The working title is Genocide. And, you know, everyone I talk to that does marketing, they're like, ooh. <laughs> they're like, please stop. And maybe you're like, no. no. And I'm like, it doesn't need to be called that because the song is about institutions. That's just what we, the working title of it. So mm -hmm. maybe we'll think of something else. All right. 
Let's grab some super chits. Nobody special says, I'm getting used to Ian commenting on a subject he knows almost nothing about and finding some way of making it a conspiracy of elite corruption. You're getting used to it. <laughs> I don't know what that refers to because it's been too long. Maybe Breaking Bad. Oh, probably maybe the Catholic Church, Breaking Bad. There have been so many tonight. Yeah, those are the two big ones tonight. <laughs> I want to see like a web of all of Ian's like conspiracy theories. My brother just sent me this YouTube video. It's like nine hours of like all the conspiracy theories ever. It like reminds me of... Whoa, we are going to be launching yeah, a conspiracy show. So... um Tales from the Inverted World, initially, we wanted it to be like a weekly exploration, but it turned into something bigger. But uh, Shane is going to be launching a uh, call-in show and like weekly paranormal but skeptics, you know, podcast. Do the graphic where it shows the conspiracies connected to each other on the board, but then it's an airplane that flies from conspiracy to conspiracy. And when it lands, it like that's when the show begins about that one. So funny. Perhaps. Yeah, that'd be wild. Colin Cooper says to everyone in the room, thank you. Now, Tim, answer all three. When is Crowder, DeSantis, and Trump happening on IRL? Um, all three of them are welcome on the show at any point. For Trump, we'd have to go to him. For DeSantis, probably the same. And I think Crowder is going to be passing through the area, actually. Yeah, he's going to be uh, in Baltimore this winter, I think. We just need to coordinate it if he's not too busy. Got to figure that one out. Yeah. Jimmy Dore is heading this way, too, and that might happen because Jimmy is awesome. Uh, George, and he says, George Sensei, hmm. I still have hope. I will wait patiently for the Tim Civil War pool comic. I wonder if... I don't know if I've told this to anybody. I have a comic of you in doing the Civil War thing. Oh, you do? I don't, I don't you, know how you, you would know this. You didn't post it? No, I was going to do one. Did I never say this? Um, so I have a joke where I have this little stupid whistle. Like, it's a... That's it's like great. A fart. <laughs> so I'll, I'll hear, like, your show. And in my head, every time you say Civil War... <laughs> it's, it's a little Beautiful. fart. So... First, whatever reason, I connected the dots of um, you got your chickens in the back or something. Some chicken takes a poop. And it's like you go over to it like a hunter and you th put your finger on it. So you go, Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I never told anyone that one. That's I don't know. great. I, just, I didn't do it because I didn't want to be disrespectful without like telling you. I just remember the one from his birthday where he's being like beamed up. The UFOs. Yeah. The chickens. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make strips about people without their permission, though. It's yeah. like, no, I don't care. Well, you know, Whatever. it's respect. It's important. You didn't ask Joe Biden for permission. Yes, well, he did. Yeah, yeah. Cliff, Cliff he the, didn't ask for permission. Mm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Cliff the alien is a good one. I didn't say it. Trouble. Cliff the alien says, Ian, there was a peaceful revolution. It was called Ska in the 1990s. It was the happiest sound your planet ever heard. But the next day they made it illegal. And now look at the mess you're in. Good point. Now, now that is some very high praise for ska. I the, approve the musical like genre it. ska. Yeah. Yes. Well, I guess it started in Jamaica in the 1950s, but uh, there's some great ska. Did you ever in the watch 90s. people skank? No. no. It was ska dancing, mm -hmm. oh, and it no. was very silly. <laughs> but you know what? Oh, man, I was look. a huge Mighty Mighty Boss Tones fan. I still am. Is that ska? Dickie Barrett. Oh, uh, that is ska. Pete's actually working. I don't know if that's uh, yes, that. that. They were Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. That's is, ska. I mean, they were like a blend of rock and ska. Huh. Ska rock, I guess you would call it. Ska um, I'm telling you, 90s Real music Real Big is Fish come back. was pretty good. Got into those guys a 90s little bit. 90s music is going to come back. Oh, it's yeah. the grunge. It's the emo because grunge is emo. No. Grunge was the inception Alter of emo. And alternative, then, dude. Um, Blink-182 kind of turned it a little more electronic. Yeah, alternative was also like It's going to be like Smashing Pumpkins. Thing. You're going to hear like Semisonic, New Eve Bell 6, Glory. those bands. New, well, I don't know about New Five. That was 2000s. So. <laughs> it was that 90s rock sound. You know that this is Radio the yeah. girl. And oh, Vertical yeah. Horizon and stuff like that. Oh, yes. You know why I'm saying that? Dishwalla. I'll tell you why it's going to come back. Give it to me straight. Because it always does. Yeah. Like, the there, there's a period where people are like, 
oh, that's old music. And then a couple decades later, they're like, oh, cool, retro, yeah. classic music. And they want to revive it. Now we've got Kate Bush in the Billboard Hot 100 number five for like the past three months. The 80s. Running up that hill. It's the 80s. Getting up to the 90s. In a few years, people are going to be... Young kids are going to be like, I was born in the wrong decade. Yeah. I love Eve 6. Well, I feel like they're like that little bit uh, Y2K fashion is like such a big deal with, with Zoomers right now. And so I feel like why wouldn't the music just yep. come back with it? And it sort of is a little out of order. But I think 90s and 2000s in some way are like an idealistic time for like these like current era teens. They're like, wasn't it so great? It was the time before 9-11. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know. It was the good times. 90s rock songs. I mean, you had what? You had Blur in the 90s, right? Woo! Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's a great song. Dude, the 90s had such good stuff. I mean, Metallica in the 90s. You got Radiohead. Even when Coldplay was amazing when they first... I mean, I still like Coldplay, but they got a little too electronica. Nirvana, we even mentioned Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, this just Soundgarden, Chris Cornell, the way he could bend his body. These guys... Oh, I mean, dude, Soundgarden. Dude, wow. Just so good. And and Audio Slave also. Tom Morello's got wacky politics, but hey, man, good music's good music. Shout out to Dave Grohl for good music, man. doing it for 30 years, man. Keep it going. Oh, yeah, At dude. Foo Fighters, Foo Everlong? Fighters, Come yeah. on, dude. It's funny when, you know, I tweeted about this and people were ragging on 90s music, and I'm like, you're crazy, bro. No, like Nirvana, they were nothing, and then Grohl joined the band, and then they were Nirvana. Then they created, released Nevermind, and that, that album changed the world. Uh, let's read some more. Green Lion says, Phil Murphy in New Jersey said something very similar to Hochul last, a few years ago. Quote, if taxes are your issue, we're probably not your state. Yeah, it was that's, only that's a few right. months ago. That was a few months ago? That drove me crazy every time I saw it. <laughs> taxes are your issue. Get out of here. <laughs> you son of a... <laughs> Long Walk says, hey, Tim, how do I get my music to you? It's not woke, but it's not anti-woke either. I have stuff on YouTube, Rumble, and SoundCloud. P.S. Dig the new song and Will of the People is a jam too. I don't know yet. But uh, Carter is going to be running this new label and all the songs that we're putting out. And he has but one man who does all the engineering and production himself. So we just, it, look, it really comes down to this. We want to do it. It needs to make money. If it doesn't make money, we'll do what we can, but it'll be a small operation to just try and produce culture and because we enjoy doing it. If these songs actually start taking off and we do a good job, then we're going to start and that's the goal. The goal ultimately is to create a space where people, you don't got to be anti-woke. You don't got to be woke. We just want good music. You don't got to bend the knee to these weirdos. But you know what we're not going to sign? We're not going to sign a rock band that's like writing songs called like, you know, slobbering balls or whatever. It's like, you know. Let me hear the song first. Down with the straight white males. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be some kind of standard. Dude, if someone releases a song called Straight White, I'm into it. If it's good song, it's called Straight White. That'd be hard. If it's funny. Yeah, yeah. I got a song called, uh, what is it? White Meat, Hot Heat. Oh That's pretty gosh. nice. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I don't want to get you guys in trouble. Matt Kelly says, bought only ever wanted on iTunes. It's great. I like Eve 6, but them judging your lyrics is a brave and oblivious move indeed. Keep up the fight. The The dude from Eve 6, uh, he, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to say he, he apologized. He said he felt bad about tweeting that because he responded to the promo saying the lyrics were banal or something. And then I just responded with like, dude, I don't care. Like, I'm a huge fan. Like when I was a little kid, we would play their covers because they had like four songs that- We were know. just playing Eve 6 before the show. Because it's, it's- Like two dude. of two of their songs. Like, God, they're so good. They were so uh, good, dude. But but you know, like I was I was like, bro, you don't got to like my music. And then he tweeted that he, he felt bad about saying that he took it down. And I'm like, right on, dude. I, re I respect it, man. Look, we may disagree on politics, but 
they have one of the most iconic songs of the of the late 90s. It's amazing how like out. a song when you're young, you hear a song when you're like 13 or 15 or something and it can change your life forever. And then even when you're like 50 and 60, you still have love for that. Yeah. The creators of it and the experience you know, of it. It's funny, even without language, like my friends used to burn uh, J-pop and K-pop CDs. I didn't understand any of the lyrics, but I still, I could play them and feel like the same feel connected to them it's just you're back in your youth and it's beautiful and maybe i'm having a midlife crisis myself but like it's really on air live yeah no no well my whole <laughs> career is a midlife crisis Actually, yes. we got a good one here liquid logic says save assange in times square culture jam i know there are ad rules but you'll have better ideas than mine uh than mine friend i know head of rock alternative at spotify and i'll push your song let's rock really do appreciate it and actually that's a really good idea so we have two of the biggest billboards in Times Square right now, but because it's Friday and the run ends in the next two days, there's nothing I can do to get a Save Assange message up. But actually, that's a really good idea. They wouldn't let me do the Twitter groomer thing because they were like, nope. But I'd be willing to bet that I can get up a billboard in Times Square saying free Julian Assange. And I will absolutely be down to do that and explore how we get that done. Because I think we might be able to even launch something first thing Monday. No. But that would totally be worth it. Julian Assange is, is look, there, there are things to criticize him for, but what the government is doing is effectively an assassination, an execution. Mm -hmm. For 10 years, they, they tried to stop him because he was a powerful voice challenging the establishment. He was a journalist. That, that's what he was doing. And now you look at what they're trying to do to, to, uh, to Project Veritas. It is, it is insanely similar. They claimed that Julian Assange was like instructing people to commit crimes. This is what they do. You're a journalist and you're like, hey, if, if you want to leak something to me, like, you know, talk to the lawyer and we'll, we'll figure out how to do it the right way. Then they go, he was instructing them on how to actually transmit stolen goods. That's a crime. Espionage act. It's BS, dude. Well, they make up the crime first and then find the evidence to support their. That's right. Show me the man. I'll show you the crime. Yeah. Yep. Great policy. Jaspa Pjack says, Matthew 25, 35 through 40. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Ian. Biblical servanthood is proactive. To lift others up, forcing someone to serve is of the devil. I hope that's true. I don't like people adhering mm -hmm. to any kind of authority well, like that. Well, you can tell. There's verses about, like, you know, you've heard sayings about, like, uh, you can tell a tree by its fruit kind of thing. Yes. You've, I'm sure you've heard something like that. Like, Actually, not really. But what do you mean? Like, well, if the fruit's sick, then the tree's probably sick? Yeah, the, the, it's not a parable, but Jesus was doing... There was an example of uh, he was trying to eat from a tree, and basically it didn't give him good fruit. So he says, may you never bear fruit again, and then it wilted in front of them. And then he basically clarified, you can tell a tree by its fruit. So the idea is that if you look at a person's actions throughout their life, if they serve people, if they uh, display what later would be described as fruits of the Spirit later on by Paul wrote that stuff. But the idea is that you can tell if a person's really following the way, let's say, uh, by the the fruits of their life. Like if they're exercising things like mercy, goodness, hospitality, and there's a million different things. But like you can tell when someone's just full of it and they're just saying things. Like you'll find fake Christians all the time because they say things, but they don't actually live it out. Or they don't understand it. They may have heard something. Right. So I always say like COVID and the vaccine stuff and lockdown stuff showed a lot of people who was who in terms of you saw words versus actions playing out. I got to I got to read this one from Waffle Sensei. He says, my favorite part of today, Tim, was when some Twitter dude said, what's next? You're going to cover Sublime songs or something. He said something like that. Anyways, if you made a do in time cover of Sublime, I personally think you'd break the charts. I just want to point out to everybody. 
that some of the best memories I have are being like 18 or 19 and you're at a party and some random dude grabs the guitar and then he starts playing Bad Fish and then everyone in the house is drunk singing Bad Fish. Those were some of the best times ever. Now, I'm sure not everybody experienced something like that, but I'm sure people down in, in, in Long Beach in Southern California know what I'm talking about. People in Chicago know what I'm talking about. That was always a lot of fun. All the stoner dudes knew Bad Fish. Do uh, you know? Dominic Bertolami played Bad Fish quite frequently in Venice, California when I lived at the Madhouse. It was, it was just so much fun when like, everyone knew the words and they're singing along and they're just drunk. Those oh, Dominic times, covers man. that so well, too. Another good 90s band that's still, still around 311. They're playing out here in October. Oh, wow. Yeah, 311's yeah, awesome. Yeah. All mixed up. Yup. I still know how to play on the guitar. Uh, uh, was it uh, I'll Be Here a While? Is that the name of the song? Is that off the say? I don't know. I don't know that one. I only have their first album. When I, I, um, so, um, Santeria, the Sublime song, when oh, you hear about course, him singing dude. Swimming Out Past. No, no, no. When he's saying, um, when he's talking about the break. Uh, what's that line when he feels the break? Feel the break, feel the break, feel the break, and I can't <laughs> live it all. When you're out in L.A. and you surf for the first time, and you go out past the break, and you start to understand the, the calm, the stillness of being past the break, and then actually feeling the break, it was like an emo. I, I was te tearing they're, up. They're emotion. actually playing out here, too, Sublime with Rome. They're playing out here. Yeah, like with, 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 Well, yeah, because, they, you know, Bradley... It's not around, Unfortunately, but, man. but uh, the casino out here is doing a bunch of shows mm -hmm. like uh, uh, um, Blues Traveler. Oh, huge Blues Traveler Dude. fan. Blues Traveler. So good. You know, the song Hook is just brilliant writing. They took the, 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 the pop structure and then they mocked it and it actually turned into something clever and like it was like Pachelbel's they mocked Pachelbel's canon or it was kind of like based off of that. And then, and they, then the lyrics are basically how pop songs were just meant to manipulate you. And it's just brilliant writing. Oh, like John Popper, man. Yeah, he's a great. He's a great man, dude. I look. I grew up in the '90s, and I know all the all, all those songs. First album I ever got was Americana by the by the Offspring. The first song I ever learned how to play was The Kids Aren't All Right. I also had uh, uh, which album had Enter Sandman on it? Because the Black that, Album. The Black Album. And I learned how to play that because that was the one that like everybody was always playing, and it was easy enough for me to like play the opening riff. That 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 planet. Yeah, I had a good days, man. Pearl Jam versus was my first album. And then Blues Traveler. That was my second album. I got those at the same time. What album was that? Blues Traveler. Yep. Blues Traveler. Was it just called Blues Traveler? No, I think it was know. just called Blues Traveler. Early 90s, huh? Yeah. How, I, just how, late, I, I had a CD. You weren't alive. I, I, just, yeah, I was I here for some of the 90s, but I don't really remember it, I have to what? say. You were alive. Oh, no, the album was called Four. Okay. The Blues Travel album was called <laughs> Four. These youngsters like don't know how good it it's was. It's back when you had taped songs <laughs> off the know, radio. Dude. Like, you'd be waiting by the radio to hear the song, and you'd, you'd finally rec hit record on your tape deck, and you'd get the song. Half it was the only it. way to be able to listen to a song again, because yeah. otherwise it was just in the ether. You had to remember and then, it. But we had the internet, so we would download CDs. We would download songs. And it would take like three hours to get one MP3. And then if someone called you, the download would collapse. Oh, no. <laughs> you like, ah! I had a 14.4 modem back in the day. Listen, we were downloading anime overnight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> just scanlated. I watched, an, I watched uh, the, the uh, Frieza saga on Real Player That's real. at like 144p. Wow. And it was like, it would play for five seconds, then buffer for like 50 seconds, and then play five seconds. But it was like, Goku! He's going Super Saiyan. It's happening. So cool. <laughs> All right, everybody. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and click that link in the description below if you would kindly purchase our new single, Only Ever Wanted. If everybody who watched this song bought it, we would be like chart topping. It'd be really, really big. But uh, if you like the song, 
if you want to support our work, if you buy the song and the song ends up be- becoming successful, then we're going to be expanding as fastly as fast as we can, as rapidly as possible in launching new music. If it turns out that it's just more of a hobby project because it doesn't do as well as we think, and well, then we'll just make music that we like and we'll do it in-house just to have the music and stuff like that. But I really do think we've got good songs and we're going we're gonna to be able to make something really fantastic here. So with your support, we will continue to grow. Uh, you can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me at Timcast. George, you want to shout anything out? Um, no, if you guys just follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I think on Instagram, I'm actually 69.9K followers. Woo! You can change oh, that tonight. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I have four new books. My Poop Posts collection is uh, issues six through nine coming out. Uh, they're actually on for sale. You can see that on t- Twitter. And next month, I'm releasing a children's book. Oh. Uh, yeah, we made a little children's book. and Adorable. And we're actually going to be uh, like selling children's cute children's stuff that actually has nothing to do with me but uh, I'll be announcing that stuff soon it's awesome. very cute very sweet very innocent has nothing to do with my usual crap but it's it's going to be good stuff right on I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow I'm a writer for TimCast.com you can check it every day for your news uh, you can follow me on Instagram at HannahClaire.B thanks for having me hello everyone and goodbye I'm Ian Crossland great to see you maybe we can queue up this only ever wanted on uh, on YouTube and play this out for you the homies to, you want me to play this song pull one out for all the homies this one's for you guys <laughs> this right, song changed s- my life yes we're gonna see what we can do thank you all for spending your Friday night with us we do appreciate it I hope you enjoyed spending this time with George slash G Prime 85 you guys can follow me on Twitter minds.com at Sarah Patlitz as well as uh, me. I think I'll just show the video and direct you guys onto YouTube to watch it if you really want to. I think that's just way better to do. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, Timcast Records. There you go. Search for that. Search Only Ever Wanted official music video. Shane Cashman of Tales from the Inverted World and his wife are the stars. There's Carter. I know. It's a family production over here. Family it's great, production. Yeah. Man. Well, it's basically like we've got a bunch of really talented people that work here. And so we utilize the resources that we had. And uh, we had a fog machine because we went to Guitar Center. And I was like, hey, they got a fog machine. So we bought it. And then we were putting this video together. Someone mentioned we had a fog machine. And they were like, hey, we have a fog machine, don't we? I was like, yes. Let's bring a fog machine. Oh, yeah. Andy was playing with it. But uh, we filmed this in this really old, rundown 1800s barn house. And uh, it's it's creepy. Really amazing. It's cool stuff. I love Shane's eyes. He's so emotional. Like so much emotion in his eyes. Yeah, check out the song. I mean, uh, let me refresh it and see how many views we have now. Ooh, Ooh listen to that. Four hundred and sixty thousand three hundred seventeen views, and we launched it at midnight. So, looks like we'll end the day twenty four hours with half a million. Hopefully, by next Thursday, we'll have gotten enough sales and views that uh, we'll find ourselves having a successful song here. Look at this comment. This Tim Pool sounds like a good guy. Maybe he should start a podcast. I appreciate that comment. 26,000 thumbs up. We have thousands of comments. Where are the comments at? Oh, 6,000 comments. Really do appreciate all the support, you guys. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, guys. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.